Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of The Sea Report. We're coming to you live today on this Thursday, July 15, 2021. And what a show do we have in store for you guys today. I have a feeling that you guys kind of know what's up. I think you guys have probably been smelling the headlines throughout the afternoon. I always used to say, headlines of the world smell like coffee. And they uh, they expire like obituaries. Yeah, you know, what can I say? Hmm? Okay, guys, ladies and gentlemen, we have quite a show for you guys today. I know you guys have probably been waiting for the breakdown. I know you guys have been probably wondering what is going on, because after all, I don't normally say things like this, but I would most definitely say that the C-Report's probably at least on the top three for your election audit news, because we have been covering this stuff since day one in Arizona and Maricopa County, and guess what? You guys already know the facts of the matter. The facts of the matter is that the Senate had a hearing today and they basically laid out all of the dirty laundry against anyone who'd want to do anything against the elections in Maricopa County. Now, don't forget, Maricopa County counts for 60% of the vote in the state of Arizona. So this is rather huge, ladies and gentlemen. It is huge. And I will say, in the words of our president, Donald Trump, number 45, anyone who did anything bad on this audit, you're fired. All right. So we'll see what happens there. But we're going to go ahead and get into that in just a minute. Now, I have to say, uh, we already have people spilling into the chat rooms today. Uh, starting off today with the new number one Texas gal and Drailing coming on. It was I think Drailing was actually, <laughs> Drailing. You're actually derailing. I apologize. Was actually the first in the chat today. Glad to have you guys along. I was doing a little bit of pre-chat with the friends there over at the Foxhole app. Oh, by the way, we are live at the Foxhole app, Trovo, and Twitch. We're working on getting some other platforms for the C-Report to come on. And you know what, guys? With your support, with uh, gold pill donations coming in, we also take cash up too here. Fortunately, unlike some of the other friends, I still am able to receive uh, cash app donations. Meaning... The C report's still flying under the radar, if you know what I mean. Like, we're not getting attacked by. Uh, I could never picture the C report being in something like Media Matters or even, you know, the New York Times, nothing like that. So, I mean, we're small potatoes here at the C report. We do very humble reporting, but thanks to you guys, we can keep on going. Now, we're working on getting on some more platforms here at the C report. And, you know, as, uh, as we, you, as you guys probably know, uh, gold pill donations over at the Foxhole app, cash app donations that come in, uh, that stuff goes back into the show. Now, what I would like to do in the future is expand my ability to get this show broadcasted live um, um, on more platforms at the same time. In order to do that, it takes gold pill donations and cash app donations. That's neither here nor there because I don't like to ask people for money or donations or anything like that. But you know, we're actually under consideration right now to go on to, to join Rockfin. Um, I'm sure I'm sure some of you guys have heard about Rockfin from the likes of Loyal to the Foil from One Foot in Five D. I heard Methods just got accepted onto Rockfin also, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's kind of exciting. Like I have to give a huge shout out to Loyal over at Loyal to the Foil. Loyal, can I call you Loyal? Because you know what, you sound like you're kind of loyal. I get I get those vibes. You know what I mean? So I have to give a big shout out to Loyal to the Foil for that, uh, because she actually got me connected with 
uh, the peeps over at Rockfin. And uh, if we can get onto Rockfin, the C report, we'll do a miss. We'll do an official Mr. C TV channel over there at Rockfin. So that this way, uh, you know, like, cause we're here, we're Mr. C channel here at the Foxhole app. We're the C report over at Twitch. We are Mr. C TV over at Trovo, but there's so much that I want to do so much more that I want to do uh, that, you know, Mr. C TV would seem to encompass all of that in one nice fancy bundle. And then there's some other uh, avenues that I'm looking into. You guys might know that I've been talking about this brand new internet, this quantum internet. So God willing, I will be able to get onto the quantum internet, which was just released. It was just released a couple of days ago. But uh, I'll give you more details on that as they become secure. Okay, so anyways, all right. So anyways, okay, okay so we were having a pretty good chat. <laughs> Derailing and Texas Gal and Aurelius Locke, we were already having a fun time before the show started. I was kind of sitting there like, oh man, today is one of those days. It's like, it's like, uh, it's almost like a culmination of a lot of the things that we've been working for in reporting here at the Sea Report. Um, very exciting uh, because, you know, uh, as we give you guys the play by play, and Arizona was the start, but you know what, ladies and gentlemen, as we're talking about it, as we're thinking about what's going on in Arizona, what happened today in Maricopa County with the Arizona Senate addressing at least the first wave of discrepancies that have been going on there in that county with the 2020 general election coup, general election, presidential election coup, you know, we have to think, how will this be spelled out for the rest of America? How will this be spelled out for Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Nevada? Because, of course, those were the most contested states. Now let's see what happens with the rest of them. But this is very exciting, ladies and gentlemen. We had a great, great, great hearing today. Now, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know I like to go live when a lot of the important stuff is happening today is without regard it's it, it, un, undoubtedly today was a very very important day for hearings uh we were not able to go live on the sea report today for that but it's okay you guys are covered because there was like i don't know at least umpteenth people covering this arizona audit hearing so i know you guys have got some good so what we are going to do today is we're going to give you the breakdown and we're going to give you we're going to give you uh, some of the highlights of today's hearing. It was two hours and like 20 minutes long. It was a great dispelling of the lies of the Democrats, the progressives, the naysayers, the black hats, the globalists. Forget about it, ladies and gentlemen. These guys have no hope because guess what? Yes, we know that there was everything going on in the beginning. We know that they gave us all the information. They gave us all the information back in December. You know, back in December, January, they were covering these uh, these discrepancies for the audits that happened. Uh, uh, that happened. Well, not for the audit, but for the uh, the discrepancies. Period. Happened back in December. You can go and review all of the hearings from, you know, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan. You can go look for it for yourself if you would like to do that. They're about three to four hours each. Some go into five hours. But 
that was the audit that was uh, that was the uh, that was the hearings that were going forward with the proof for President Trump and Rudy Giuliani, President Trump's legal team, right? But now this is the audit of the people. This is our audit. This is the audit of the people, and that's the thing right there. We got the blueprints from President Trump's legal team, and we ran with it. And that's basically what it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen. So we're very excited. Uh, glad to hear these things coming in to existence today. I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't expecting it. I don't know when they announced it. All I know is I I, I looked at my uh, I looked at my I looked at my uh, phone around noon today and I saw about eight different channels covering this audit. So I know we're good, but we're going to give you guys the breakdown in just a minute. Uh, very exciting, ladies and gentlemen, because after all, we are in the top three for the election audits here, at least at Foxhole App. And uh, we've been following this since day one, hands down, ready to give you guys a little bit of information in case you missed it. Now, we're not going to show the entire audit. Uh, we're not going to show the entire audit hearing, obviously. It's two and a half hours long. I got some pretty good highlights for you guys. And we'll take a look at... Forget about it, Aurelia. Yes, sir, indeed. Okay. All right. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to go ahead and jump into yesterday's chat recap. Now, I will be absolutely honest with you guys. I got into... Now, okay. So, as you may know, it takes me... It takes me a few hours to prepare for the shows. Uh, I started very late today. Got a text from the Texan. The Texan's like, hey, dude, did you find out what's going on? with?" Well, not did you find out. Did you hear what's going on with the Democrats in Texas? I was like, no, man. I was like, it's 3 p.m. And I haven't even started looking at the headlines. So, like, you know, we had a, we had a quick conference there. And then I was like, okay, man. I was like, we got that. That's that's some good stuff. So we're also going to be talking about the Texas Demo, the Texas Fugitive Democrats today. Because we got a little bit of a scoop on that and what's going on there. And then, of course, according to our little uh, our little header there, Ohio governor, no masks for school. That's a good thing there. We'll get into that a little bit later. But let's go ahead and continue. So as I was saying, we got in. I got into the headlines late today. I have. Well, my mama's visiting today. Now, my mama has said. Don't talk about me on the air. So I'm not going to talk about my mama. I love you, mama. But <laughs> but just so you know, I was uh, I was with some family today. So that's why I got into the headlines late. And because of that, I did not get to review yesterday's chat. So I'm going to kind of go into it blind today at the head of the show. Now, for those of you who are new to the C channel, the C, Mr. C channel, uh, we do a chat recap of the last show. Um, at the head of the current show. So this way we can kind of like, you know, go over what we were talking about. Now, yesterday we had a pretty interesting chat recap because we were watching everything that went wrong with the January 6th false flag riots uh, over there in Washington, D.C., and uh, specifically over Ashley Babbitt, which kind of completely changed my view because here I was thinking she was a, like a triple agent or something like that. But now I'm just like, maybe she was a quadruple agent and she was always working with the bad guys to begin with. But let's see, yesterday we had just V in the house, Texas gals and the Texas gals here. We were chatting with her prior to the show. Joy for Trump. I know I saw you in the house already. Joy for Trump's so welcome back. Uh, we also had Texas. Well, I already said Texas gal. 
<laughs> okay. Pilled by the rabbit was also in the house. I will be a little closer to Texas. I will be in Oklahoma to see my little bunnies. Ooh, pilled by the rabbit. Don't know where you usually locate, but you know what? I've been to Oklahoma. I went to Oklahoma twice, actually, but that was just across the border in Lawton, Oklahoma, up 290, right? And uh, yeah, interesting city, interesting city. Uh, let's see what else. Well, town, I should say, actually, town, I should say. Uh, just V gifting some shades, uh, Axe Truth gifting some fleets. Now, Mr. Axe Truth. Don't worry, my friend. I will, I will, I will, I will, I will make an appearance. I promise you. Okay. So I feel so bad because um, there are so many good content creators here on the Foxhole app. Um, and I don't always get to stop in for a live. Um, whether or not they see me lurking, I don't know. I can't see lurkers anymore. They took it out. But uh, anyways, I, I do lurk every now and then. Tam Gral was also in the house. She says Waters is a creepy dude. Okay. I never thought that about I never thought that about John Waters, but I could totally understand that. It, it's probably his pencil mustache, or was it this lip mustache? Thing? Anyways, I don't know. It's not important. Uh, Axe Truth should be smooth sailing for Mister C now. What does that mean? Pilled by the rabbit. <laughs> Okay, Deborah Erdman was in the house. Joy for Trump was in the house. Just V was in the house. Pilled by the Rabbit was in the house. Sherry Pittsburgh also checking things out. It's good to watch, though. Uh, Seize the Day 9-11. I've seen it. Very interesting. 123-SKG service dog mom also hanging out. The Speakin' Easy hanging out with us yesterday. Um, man, you know, Speakin' Easy, I wish I could say we're bar side here at the Sea Report, but what can I say? Uh, it's just news coming across my desk. You, my friend, have the bar. Uh, Joy for Trump gifting a can of gold pills. Thank you so much. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, so it was reported shoulder, neck, now head. I'm not sure what that. Uh, a paid actor just my. So Texas Gal says a paid actor just my opinion. That's probably also in reference to Ashley Babbitt. I would, you know, I would, I would actually, I would actually fall into that category now, Texas Gal that uh, Ashley Babbitt was indeed a paid actor. She's probably still alive. Just based on that video that we kind of went through yesterday, I, I mean, because I'd never seen that, honestly. I didn't even know that there was video that, that was that clear and that available about those events. Like how, I mean, you know, I almost wish that I was right there, you know, so this, because I would call that crap out. I'd be, you know, I, let me tell you guys, when it comes, I'm a Virgo and a writer. All we do is observe. I mean, at least me. I am just, I observe. I just, I just observe. I observe and I take mental notes. And uh, that would have been something interesting to have seen, guys. But I didn't go into the Capitol on January 6th. I was very happy standing there with all of my fellow patriots at the base of the Capitol on the backside, or on the front side. And uh, I mean, you know. Uh, just doing my thing there. So we had uh, Gary Flester in the house, Posse for Hope, gifting a cookie of gold pills. Thank you so much. Uh, Gary Flester says, Georgia is going to blow up this week. Watch. It's so bad they might, they might overturn the vote and not even do a recount. What they found today is so damning. People will, people will, people will poop their panties, says Gary Flesner. Gary, I'm right there with you, my friend. I've been saying it. 
once I mean, I've been saying it. I've been saying it for 10 damn years, Gary. And I've been saying it. Yes, I've been saying it. I've been saying it. May Georgia be the state that so much shenanigans come out onto the floor that they will just simply decertify it. And it will be a beautiful, a beautiful, a beautiful menagerie of Pennsylvania or Michigan and Georgia and Arizona just decertifying the whole election. Like right now, we got Arizona and Georgia in the bag. Ladies and gentlemen, Georgia and Arizona are in the bag. So in the bag, so deep in that bag, you can't get that cat out. The cat is in the bag and the bag, it's not going to let the cat out. It's like, no, this cat is not coming out of this bag. We got Georgia and we got Arizona and that's that. We're just waiting on Michigan or Pennsylvania. And then we'll see what happens because guys, let's, 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 let's play along with them. Let's play along with these people and say, oh, it's not about giving the election back to Trump. It's about election integrity. Well, you know what? It is about election integrity. It is about ensuring that our voice is our vote is our freedom and everything that it stands for, because without it, we are basically slaves. We're already dead slaves. We may as well at least be free on paper, right? That's what I'm thinking. We may as well at least be free on paper. But with this stuff going down as of today, ladies and gentlemen, because we were not... They, psh, 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 Christina Bob said in 48 hours, we're going to have some other stuff coming out. And then the next day, within 24 hours, they have this Senate hearing... And all of this is official and it's being put in the registry. It's being recorded. It's part of the uh, public discourse. It's part it's official. It's in the books. They're laying it down. You guys saw it. If you were watching that audit, early, audit earlier today, you know, you know, Ken Bennett and uh, uh, Doug Logan and Ben, 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 Ben has another familiar name. What is Ben's last name? The guy from Cypher, right? They had to be escorted out. They had to be escorted out by security from that hearing because you know what? They know. They know that they're probably going to try and kill these guys. Ben Cotton, Doug Logan, Ken Bennett, they know that they have their heads on the chopping block. Their number is up. People are looking for them. There's probably a bounty we don't even know about that they want these guys gone. These official spokespersons for the Arizona audit, gone. And you know what? That's why they had the security there. You guys saw it. You guys saw it at the end of that hearing. They're like, no one can leave, but we need to have a security detail escort these three men out and protect them because this, guys, is unprecedented. When have you seen the deep state and the globalists lose as much as they're losing right now? Winning, ladies and gentlemen. We're winning. Are you guys ready to win some more? Because we're winning. And we just, you know, as long as they don't drop a nuke, on Arizona on Saturday, we're good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm laughing, but I mean, as long as that is it, that's all they can do right now. All the deep state globalists can do is drop a nuke or a mass shooting or some other kind of false flag. 
President Trump, I'm sending you my prayers. Everybody send him his prayers for safety on Saturday. He's going into the fire in Arizona. He's going to the fire in Arizona to talk about these election audits and the fraud that was committed in 2020 and the vindication that he has seen since then because he was dismissed by the Supreme Court. He was dismissed by every every judge panel and hearing in every state that he did on technicalities, ladies and gentlemen, on technicalities, dismissed. They're like, oh, well, there's no audit evidence of election fraud. Uh, I mean, this might be irregular, whatever, but that doesn't prove fraud. Like they didn't even listen to the evidence. They had all of these people who were there giving them what? All of this intelligible and also accurate and also deep-seated, well-researched people who know what they're talking about, right? They know what they're talking about, but they still refuse to hear it. BS, ladies and gentlemen, it's BS. And now President Trump's going to go give a speech in Arizona on Saturday about this. And what did we talk about yesterday? I was like, when President Trump goes, gives his speech in Arizona on Saturday, he's going to focus on the fraud. He's going to focus on the steal of the 2020 elections. And then the, then the Senate drops this. Can you guys tell I'm excited? Can you tell I'm excited? Now we've known, we've known, again, I will reiterate, we have known about this fraud for what? Since December, since November? And if you guys were really keyed into it since prior to that, but in December and January, they had the hearings, they presented most of this information, but this is the work of the people. This is the work of you and me, of people across the United States of America who are ensuring that this happens. And we have the we have the representatives that will approve, that will go with it. And that's what's so exciting, because this has always been about you and me. This has always been about all of us, the people, the great awakening. We are the ones. We are the ones that they have been waiting for. The people. President Trump, his administration, the, re the, the representatives and senators who are on our side cannot make a move unless we are backing them. So we can't just ask them to back them. We can't just wish for them to back them. We have to actually back them. And this is what happens when the people who've awakened move. This wouldn't have happened in any other time in history, ladies and gentlemen. This has been a culmination of many years of patriots and Americans waking up others, not just red pilling them, but giving them more than just that confounding moment of con uh, was it was it cognitive dissidence. We don't just want to get people to the point of cognitive dissidence. We want them to be able to digest and absorb the information as per what is reality and with a uh, what is it, a logical paper trail for them to follow. And that's why we're important, ladies and gentlemen. That's where we come in because we can give them that information once they wake up because you know they're going to be lost. You know people are going to be lost and they will need someone to help guide them. And that's what I think we're here for because we're able to, we have the discernment, we have the ability to uh, absorb and digest that knowledge so that when they have questions, we have answers and that's what it's going to take. And that, I, that to me is kind of an unspoken piece of this great awakening. 
because we have people that need to be awake and aware. Granted, we have people that need to act and move and actually get into local offices and actually get into local uh, um, places of, of electoral elected establishment in order to help move the patriotic, the constitutional, the America first movement forward to take out these progressives, to take out these communists, to get these filth out of our legislation. But a big piece will come from the people who just understand and know enough to express it to those who are confused and lost and need the answers because it's coming, ladies and gentlemen, that's a big piece. There will be a big reckoning. I guarantee it. There will be a big reckoning where a lot of these people will need someone else there to be like, hey, let me explain to you what happened. This is why it went down the way it went down because the Overton window as far left and destructive as it has gone, will shift back. It will shift back with our understanding and knowledge. At least that's where I stand on that point. And I think I'm, I'm just very grateful that all of us are here for that, if you know what I'm saying. So anyways, <laughs> let's get back to our chat recap. Thank you, Gary Flester. You sent me off into quite a tangent there. Skeeter Burke was also in the house. We also had, let's see, Posse for Hope uh, gifting another cookie. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Empress Beach to you. I said I was praying for Cuba on Facebook and got my A shooed. That's a shame. That's a shame. Uh, Empress Beach to you that you would get uh, you would get uh, you know skewered for praying for Cuba we should all be praying for Cuba um, because they're going through something right now and oh my goodness we're not going to talk about Cuba tonight but let me just say real quick the fact of the matter that we already had what uh, Mayorkas 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 he sounds like a disease telling people from Cuba and Haiti not to come to America he just wants to keep all of the people that oppose the communists in Cuba so they can get killed. That's what I think about Mayorkas. He just, I mean, he's allowing thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants to come through the southern border into the United States of America, all across Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. But when you have a legitimate reason to flee to this country, when you have legitimate legitimate reason to claim asylum he's telling them to stay home what the hell is up with that Mayorkas? i mean we're it's very easy guys to see the two different sides of these individuals it's very easy to see how these people are working how they're they're really not for the people and you know why that is i always said because president trump took a one-term four-year residency over there as a president they were a we are able to see exactly how bad these people are because normally a presidency what since 1992 no wait what since george bush senior like they have had what eight eight year terms two terms eight years almost a decade so that by the time they get to their second term people are so jaded and apathetic they don't care they just want to change and they don't pay attention to what the president does within his first four years that by the time they're done with their second four years people don't care 
But it was a blessing, ladies and gentlemen, that President Trump only had four years, optically speaking, because this way everyone could see how dramatic the changes were that the next administration brought in. Oh, it was dramatic, ladies and gentlemen. It was dramatic. And that, my friends, sometimes sometimes you have to lose to win, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm pretty sure that President Trump understands that having a, been a businessman for umpteenth amount of years. I'm pretty sure he understood sometimes you have to lose to win. Sometimes you have to fold them to hold them. Sometimes you have to claim bankruptcy to come back stronger. And that's exactly what we're learning here, ladies and gentlemen, because he was never weak on the battlefield, but he recognized he needed to withdraw in order to come back stronger. And that is what we're seeing. And I hope you guys see this narrative also. I don't think I'm crazy here. I'm pretty sure I'm calling it spot on. But that's just my gut feeling, ladies and gentlemen. And that's all I got to say about that. Okay, let's get back into the chat recap. Let's see who else we had hanging out yesterday. Just V says, oh, wait, why they want to stay under communist control. That was in response from something from Empress Bish to you. And I would have to track that back down, but I'm pretty sure it's all good. <laughs> Sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I'm having, I'm on fire right now. Excuse me. Oh, yes, yes. Skeeterberg says, great new book out by Jesse Waters, How I Save the World. And exactly. Uh, that was one of the statements from Donald Trump yesterday, President Trump that we did not really address. I also remember it's like uh, President Trump has a bunch of in case you missed it moments. And uh, one of them was uh, Jesse Waters book. And I couldn't remember the other one. It was Mark Levin. Uh, maybe that's probably why I didn't remember it. Right. Cause it was Mark Levin, but uh, I remember Jesse Waters cause you know, anyways, Jesse Waters, he's anyways. Okay. So Deborah Erdman says, what erection flawed? Ah, Deborah, Deborah. <laughs> What erection fraud? Anyways, okay, let's keep going. We're not gonna stay on that one. Okay, uh, let's see who else do we have in here. You guys were you you guys. I had eighty four pages of comments the prior day. I don't even know uh, how many comments I had for yesterday's show because I I mean I didn't I mean I was busy. I was it didn't matter. Okay, so let's see. The Texan was in the house. Howdy Texan. Uh, let me see what else we got going on here. Holy Toledo, that's a lot. Uh, we're going to talk about Toledo today. Well, we're talking about Ohio, okay? Weaponized Truth was in the house. Let's see what else we got going on here. Um, this is this is Mr. C on an unreviewed chat recap. Just so you guys know, Skeeterberg gifting a can. Decertify. Decertify, Skeeterberg says. Yeah, indeed. Decertify Arizona and Georgia is what I'm kind of seeing in today. Georgia State should have caught that when they voted. Such deceit, says Texas Gal. Yes, there was a lot of deceit going on. They knew it from the jump. They knew it from the jump. And we have so much evidence coming out in the, ju the, in the judiciary now, even. It's in the judiciary. Like, this is, this is discovery. This is evidence. This is stuff going forward. How can they deny it? The people have forced the states individually to look at this fraud. They've forced them. They have forced them because they did not want to hear it when President Trump's legal team was there, but they are going to hear it now because the people are not going to shut up about it. We're all over it right now, right? It doesn't matter if they voted in the wrong county. It does matter if they voted twice. 
<laughs> I'm going to assume that was a little bit of sarcasm weaponized for truth because it does matter if they vote it in the wrong county. Indeed, it does matter. Indeed, something rotten in the state of Georgia. It ain't the peaches, says the Texan. Oh, the original peaches all back together. That's right. Something is rotten in the state of Georgia, and it's not their big old peach either. Thank you, Texan, for that comment. Let's see. Uh, America is not a banana republic. No, we're not, even though it kind of starting to look like that right now. The truly, they truly believed we would accept this election fraud. Well, they underestimated us, didn't they? Exactly, Texas gal. They underestimated us. They, they had all of their little, they had all of their Olivia Popes together saying, oh, well, they'll probably fall back to sleep in a couple of months, in a couple of weeks even. Just continue on with business as usual. Little did Olivia Pope know that we were not going to go back to sleep. We were not going to let them continue to do the shenanigans that they're doing. They were wrong. They've got caught with their pants down. They've been caught with a pie in their face. They are the clowns. They are the frauds. They are the treasonous bastards who have tried to take over this country. They've been found out. Their number is up and it's coming to a head. And I'm telling you guys, we're almost there. We're almost there. Never in my 15 to plus years of being awake have I seen anything like this happen. I've not seen anything like this happen. And I was not I was not alive during the time of President Kennedy, but I doubt it was even close to where we are now. That's why I take hope, ladies and gentlemen, because we are closer than we've ever been. We just have to toe the line. We just have to help our friends and family and other people who are waking up. We just have to be that cognitive piece that will connect others to the truth because it's getting to the point that they cannot deny it if they are awake and looking. How do you wake up someone who's asleep? How do you wake up someone that's totally apathetic? I have no idea, ladies and gentlemen, how to wake someone who's totally apathetic to the fact. But we can always keep on trying. Doreen Merck donated a can. Thank you so much, Doreen Merck. Now, Doreen Merck, I don't know if Doreen Merck is hanging out over on Twitch today or I haven't looked into the Foxhole chat yet today, but I will address you guys in just a minute. We've been having fun uh, over there. Let's see what else we got before we close up yesterday's chat recap. How far are we in? 30 minutes? Okay. We're not that far along. We got some time to go. Okay, guys. Let's see here. Uh, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum, da -dum. Just be absolutely right. Yesterday, Texas gal, she's looking hot. Anyone have extra ropes? Is <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, let's see. Weaponized truth. They literally went and intentionally made these machines decertified for use. That's pretty effing suspicious. Yes. Whether it's Michigan or whether it's Arizona, they want to decertify these machines. Now, in Arizona, we've already had that claim, and it will be addressed today per Karen Fan, the Senate president over in Arizona. She's just uh, slapping Katie Schnobbs, the Secretary of State, around. Now, let it be known that Katie Schnobbs, she's the first one I ever said heard say fraud it. She's been at it for a while. It wasn't just yesterday or the other day, but she's been doing that stuff. You know, we don't trust Katie. We don't trust Katie Schnobs over here at the Sea Report. No one does, and no one should. She's a terrible liar, and she's very bad at her job. 
And her job was covering up this election fraud for George Soros or uh, the likes. I mean, I don't know, covering up the election fraud to save her to save her skin is what we'll say. Terrible at it. If Katie Schnobbs had to defend herself against death, she would probably not succeed because she's done a terrible job at it. And that's totally fine by me because you know what? The truth will out on all instances. And today is no, today is no exception by any means. How are the normies able to hang on right now? What spin is CNN giving right now? I'll tell you, Skeeter Burke, the spin that CNN is giving. The CNN is being nil. They're being null. They're being silent on this entire fraud. It they, aside from calling up fraud and having one and having Trisha Takanawa go out and report about a carnival, they're either saying. I mean, I think MSDNC is probably doing more to try and talk down this audit. It's just going to put more dirt on their grave. So go ahead and talk the spill of spank that you want to speak about this audit msdnc and anyone else over there i think the worst are actually the arizona news agencies news agencies and reporters they're all leftists in arizona you know for such a republican state i'm so surprised that the media is so hard left in Arizona. But you know what? I hung out. I hanged out. I hung out. I hanged out with some anarchists in Arizona one time. So I guess I could understand that. Like that's probably uh, something they've been working on for at least a decade or more over in Arizona. On face, they look Republican. You know, people there vote Republican, but they've just figured out how to just really uh, shave off and finagle and, you know, um, uh, just lie about everything that they have going on in their state legislature. You know, it's all fraud over in Arizona. Probably Arizona is one of the biggest fraud count, uh, states in the country. And, you know, I kind of thought, you know, this is what I think. Arizona, they had everything, every kind of election fraud going on there. But at the same time, they're still probably not the most corrupt. I would say probably Michigan and Georgia are more corrupt than Arizona, but they did everything in Arizona. They just ran the gambit over there. I was saying that since the elections, that uh, Arizona was definitely one of the main grounds where they just threw everything at them. So I don't know, as far as fraud and you know all that stuff goes, cheating. But very interesting there. Very, very interesting. Let's see what else we got going on in chat. Okay, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to wrap. Uh, PJW. Wait, wait. PJW. Ooh, a brand new name in chat. Welcome, PJW, to the C Report chats. I haven't watched a MSM propaganda show since November fourth. I only go to handful of trusted sources. Tell me no vision. I don't know about that last sentence, but I totally concur with the rest of your statements. You know, of course, I will watch other channels just to report them to you. Did you mean Univision? <laughs> Anyways, okay. <laughs> Let's see here. Um, iRobot61, their website is all screwed up. You can't sign up for anything. I don't know what that was in reference to. I don't remember. Welcome to the C-Report Chats. Aurelius Locke was also hanging out yesterday. Secretary of Snake's office. I like that. That is approved by Aurelius Locke. Yes, we call them the Secretary of Snakes here at the C-Report because they're all snakes. Okay, I have 
I have some I have some um, information I've been digging to now. Aurelius Locke, I don't know if you were lurking or hanging out when we were talking about the National Association of Secretary of Snakes uh, and how heavy handed those guys are into all of this fraud and working for George Soros. I've been digging a little into that because I keep saying we need to figure out who's funding these Secretary of Snakes and the NASSOS, National Association of Secretary of Snakes. Like we'll we'll dig in a little bit into more of that as we move along uh, because I, I mean, I'm finding out a little bit more info and how George Soros was connected to that and going to other types of organizations. But currently... The National Association of Secretary of States and the National Association of Electoral Board people, NEOB or something like that. Those two people were taken over or funded by or supported by George Soros because he went after the DAs. He went after the AGs. He went after the SOSs, the Secretary of States, because he knew that if he had those people in his pocket, he would be able to fund or to ensure that any plans to run over the Constitution of the United States of America, to run over the will of the people, to steal our votes and thusly take our voice and thusly take our freedom, he would need to get involved with those agencies and to take over them and fund them. So I'm digging into that, guys. It just it takes me time to do some digging because it, it takes time. Um, but uh, we'll 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 get some information with you guys on that moving forward. Let's see what else we got going on here before we move into today's report. We got a lot of news to cover. OK, so let's see here. Let's see here. Skeeter Burke, really slock. Patriot of five. Welcome to the chat. I can't effing wait to give everyone who called me racist projecting deflecting voter fraud doesn't exist. A big I told you so. You know, I'm sure we all can't wait, my friend. I'm sure we all can't wait. But uh, may it be done with grace, my friend, Patriot of five. May it be done with grace. Um, let's see here. Uh, loyal to the foil, pop it in with a cookie. Thank you so much. Loyal to the foil. Um, let's see what else we got here. Uh, we're almost at the end of the chat. Always in Texas. Uh, <laughs> Shh. Glad to have you with us always. Always glad to have you with us. Connie Ketchup was also in the house yesterday. Welcome, Connie Ketchup. Always fun to have you in. I love your name, Connie Ketchup. Graphene oxide is in those vaccines. A vial was given through kind of a whistleblower cop. They tested its results. We're on good dog. It's poison. Yes, I don't know how much you guys know about graphene or graphene oxide. I don't know a whole lot about it. I've heard about it. Uh, the first time I ever heard about graphene was on an episode of The Tick from Air, uh, for, was it Amazon? Amazon, right? Amazon, that, uh, you know, Amazon has their channels, their shows. Do you guys know about The Tick? Okay, so I heard about graphene on the tick. So consequently, whenever I heard about graphene later on, I thought it was a joke because I was like, it was on a comic book show. Apparently, graphene ox graphene is a real thing. Um, I've heard uh, a bit about it since then. Connie Ketchup, you sound like you're in the know about some stuff, but then again, a lot of people were talking about graphene oxide lately, so I don't know how much of in the know that you are, 
but graphene oxide is real. Graphene is real. Who would have known? I thought it was relegated to comic book stories, but apparently it's not. And it is a poison when combined with oxygen to create graphene oxide. Um, but um, apparently it's not in your local Starbucks coffees and they can track you with graphene. Anyways, but this is not Starbucks, just so you know. I don't shop at Starbucks. Okay, anyways, let's see what else is going on. Aurelius Locke downloaded Discord as of yesterday. Blonde Blue Lady Q was also in the house. Let's see here. How do we talk about graphene? I didn't talk about graphene yesterday. Anyways, <laughs> okay, let's keep on moving right along. Dug -a -dung, dug -a -dung. We're foot loose and we are fancy free. Is Anka Bonka in the house? Maybe not. Okay, all right, let's see here. Uh, I just want to make sure I capture all of you guys from yesterday's chat hanging out yesterday. Seems like we had a pretty fun time in the chats yesterday. I'm always so happy that you guys are um, comfortable enough to just hang out and be with us uh, during the C reports. Um, Hmm, that's an interesting state. Texas gal says, Retchen Gretchen, uh, Retchen, <laughs> Retchen Gretchen getting her emergency powers revoked is a great start to removing her butt completely. I would definitely agree. Wretched Gretchen Whitmer has got to go. Good statement there. Let's see what else we got. Uh, I be, it be me, Ange. I got it right. It be me, Ange was in the house. She gifted a cookie. Thank you so much for joining us. It be me, Ange. <laughs> I love it. Okay, let's see what else we got here. We're already going long on this. Sorry, looking up as well. It was in the house. Did I say looking up already? But she was in the house, just in case you guys didn't know. Um, and uh, let's see here. We're moving right along. dug a dung dug a dung We're foot loose and fancy free. Oh, okay. Aurelius Locke did create a Discord yesterday. They have a tag. I just got the tag. So I'm going to make sure to check out Aurelius Locke. You'll hear from me soon, my friend Aurelius. Okay, and then, ooh. <laughs> hey, guys, check this out. There's someone over in Twitch that about 11 minutes ago said, we will stop the AZ audit. This JS, uh, J smashes, does not know what they're talking about. How can you stop it, my friend? It's already almost done. Okay. Uh, I mean, apparently, apparently the Democrats are, are they've opened a hearing into the audit in Arizona. Good luck with that. <laughs> Good luck with that. Okay. All right. It's already done. Do you, are, are, uh, did you just find out about this audit, J-Smash? Did you just find out about it? Because it's already done. Your people are withholding subpoenaed information. It's done. You're done. It's finished. It's how are you going to stop it? What are you going to do? Show up on Saturday and protest? You're a little bit late to the party, my friend. Anyways, okay, guys, I'm not going to address the trolls. This is not Mr. C in the dark. Okay. All right. Aside from that, we also had in the house TJ Patriot 2Q2Q 2020. Uh, we already said hello to uh, 123 SKG. We also had who else? Tanette Booth was lurking, uh, lurking, lurking, lurking. Uh, we felt that those positive vibes, Tanette. Uh, Tanette says arsonist at it again here in Washington. It begins. Oh, no. Well, blessings and prayers to your safety over there in Washington, Tanette. That brings us to the conclusion of yesterday's chat recap. And 
it was fun. Okay, I don't know why this J Smash over in Twitch is like, we will stop the Arizona audit. Uh, question, uh, quotation marks around audit, right? Uh, maybe it's because my heading here says um, AZ election audit hearing. You know what that means, my friend? The audit's pretty much overdone. So uh, not overdone. It's well done. It's it's almost completed. So I don't know what these people are talking about. Clearly, they don't know what they're talking about either. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that was a fun audit recap. I mean, audit recap, election, re I mean, election recap, chat recap. Let me see if I can get a hold of myself here in the chats over at Foxhole app. You guys know I like to say hello before we get into the thick of things. So let's go ahead and get into it. Ready, guys? Let's go. I know derailings in the house. I know Texas gals in the house. I know Aurelius Locke is in the house. We were chatting before the chatting started. Uh, let's see what else. Let's see. Let's see who else is hanging out today of all days. Today's been a great day in case you didn't notice. Uh, we also, ah, come on. <laughs> I'm gonna have to go over to Foxhole app. I can't keep. I cannot control this. Okay, let's see who else we got here. D Patriot seventeen seventy six. Yes, thank you so much for the cookie. Um, Don S, thank you for the cookie. We also have in the house. Uh, let's see here. Let's see here. Don S, looking up. Just V, Sherry Pittsburgh, all hanging out. We also have Aurelius Locke, Ohio Kimmy, howdy howdy with a cookie. Pilled by the rabbit. Uh, Blonde Blue Lady Q, good to see you, my friend. The Texan, also hanging out tonight. Uh, let's see who else we got here. Who else we got here? We're going down, moving down, moving down, moving up, moving down. Anon, one, two, zero, nine, six, nine, six. Two zero six nine nine six Skeeter Burke Joy for Trump. Thank you so much for the cookie. Um, y'all guys keep my cookie jar filled, and I do most appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. Who else is going on? Who else? Who else is here? Skeeter Burke. I said Skeeter Burke, didn't I? Texas gal. I said. Oh, Donis, I will tell Mama C that I said hello. She brought me some barbecue today. You guys know I love barbecue. I love barbecue. Anyways, so yeah, but I had to, I was eating barbecue during the uh, <laughs> the Arizona Senate hearing. Oh, I was hanging out with my fam, so I apologize. I mean, we're not. I mean, obviously, we're not doing the entire hearing today. It was two and a half hours long. But I'm gonna get you guys highlights on the other side of Trump news. Angel Wings, Service Dog Mom, also in the house. Uh, who else? Who's that? Crisco thirteen, also hanging out. Just V, thank you for the cookie. <laughs> Always nice to have something to nibble on. Two drink minimum at Mr. C in the Dark. Okay, just so you guys know, I might do a Mr. C in the Dark tonight, but we'll definitely be on for tomorrow and Saturday. So if you guys want to hang out late night with Mr. C and company, we will be on Friday and Saturday for sure. Maybe tonight. Hey, Gary Flesner, how you doing? Sub Pack Vet is also in the house. Barefoot, where'd it go? Where'd you go, Barefoot? Barefoot Patriotess. Welcome, Barefoot Patriotess. First time I've seen you in the chats. Classical Chick is also hanging out. Ziana or Zena is hanging out. Uh, Ziana, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it Ziana or Zena? I'd love to know. Um, let's see here. 
I guess Deanna would have two ends, right? Connie Ketchup, hey there, welcome. Donna's gifting some shades. Mama C cannot say hell no to a gift. Haha, <laughs> much love. Oh, that's so sweet of you. I'll let Mama C know that you you, you uh, handed her some seed, uh, some shades. Sorry, Don uh, Blonde Lady Q gifting a can. Thank you so much. Did I pass any gold pills up? I hope not. No, I didn't. Okay, cool. Excellent. Thank you guys for the for the donations. Hey, uh, I could take my mama out to dinner or lunch with these gold pill donations. Thank you so much. Um, Crisco13 also gifting a cookie. God bless you. Have a blessed day. Thank you. And likewise, especially MonkeyToe71 also hanging out. Derailing is also in the house. Who else be here? Freedom's not free. Thank you for the cookie, for filling that cookie jar. Always in Texas. Good to have you along with us. We're almost to the end of the chat line here. Okay, I think we made it. I think we made it. Okay. And I will reserve the readings of the specific chats for tomorrow on Friday's show. Tomorrow might be an interesting show. And you're right, Texan. Nothing can stop what's coming except for a nuke. And uh, we're not pushing for a nuke. David Sloan of the house, as well as seize the day 9-11. All right, guys. <laughs> blue rinse at blue rinse. Welcome. Blue. Uh, I love that we have an international audience over here at the Sea Report. Blue rinse at blue rinse. Uh, uh, Katie Man 63, if I'm not mistaken. I'm, I, forgot, I, I forgot the digits on your name, Katie Man, if you're out there. But uh, always great to have a... Um, <laughs> Connie Ketchup says, I apologize at Mr. C. I lost my job, but I'll catch up when I get one. Ah, Connie Ketchup, don't you worry about catching up. <laughs> Unless you want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Just V and Blonde Blue Lady Q and Joy for Trump and Posse for Hope. <laughs> it's all about cookies. Okay, all right. So, okay, guys. That was a great welcome, welcome, welcome to today's Sea Report. Okay, now we're going to get into the thick of things, everybody. Now that we've gone through that great chat recap, we are going to get into the thick of things. But as always, here at the Sea Report, President Trump leads, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go ahead and review some of his statements for the day. He actually had quite a few statements today. He was on a roll. He was on a roll. And this is what we got to scroll. First statement from President Trump, I will not be supporting or endorsing Senator Butch Miller running for lieutenant governor of Georgia because of his refusal to work with other Republican senators on voter fraud and irregularities in the state. Hopefully, there will be a strong and effective primary challengers for the very important lieutenant governor position. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen. He is uh, he's not supporting Butch Miller. Now, I don't know Butch Miller from Jack, but uh, I don't know. Hopefully people in Georgia do and they can repeat. They can report to that. Um, a next statement quote from Bill O'Reilly on the history tour. Now, guys, don't forget Bill O'Reilly and President Trump are going on a tour together. In major cities, speaking at stadiums, <laughs> it's called the history tour. I was like, wow, that's interesting. That's very interesting. But according to Bill O'Reilly via President Trump, without any marketing at all, the Trump O'Reilly history tour 
has already grossed more than $7 million. In some venues, the VIP tickets are almost sold out. This tour will be one of the most lucrative of all time. $7 million on these tours. That's, and you know, it's not even like he's doing 50 states. You know, it's, it's, it's a, a, by tour standards, it's, you know, it's a handful of states. That's pretty good. They're touring like Madonna tour. She, when Madonna, when Madonna comes through a tour, she only does like five dates. In fact, that's the only thing that she did until, you know, she got caught with adrenochrome in her pockets and, you know, caught being a freaking high priestess of the satanic order on her last tour. She did like 30 dates, which is like very unusual for Madonna. But again, she was trying to rake in as much money as she could because she knew she was going to have to buckle down under these draconian anti-adrenochrome and anti-human trafficking orders. Anyways, we're not going to get into that topic, guys. That's a topic that we reserve for Mr. C in the dark. Okay, next statement from President Trump. Nancy Pelosi is a known nut job. Her engaged quotes, oh, her enraged quotes that she was afraid that I would use nuclear weapons is just more of the same. In fact, I was the one that got us out of the wars, not into wars. And I was the one who got respect for our country again. Not like now when the leaders of the entire world are laughing at us. They didn't laugh at us when I was there. It's truth, ladies and gentlemen. We can't say anything more than that is the bare knuckles truth. Next statement from President Trump. Kevin McCarthy will be meeting me this afternoon at Trump National in Bedminster, New Jersey. Much to discuss. I'm sure we'll have the scoop on that tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. But apparently, apparently Kevin McCarthy's meeting with President Trump as of today. Next statement. Mike Carey. A true champion is doing really well against the gang of rhinos in Ohio's 15th congressional district. Dude, so that means President Trump is, root, is rooting for two different um, uh, candidates in, Oklahoma, in Ohio. That says something. Ohio's so corrupt, but he's going over there to Ohio to help them. He has what? Max Miller is the first person he's endorsed. Now we have Mike Carey. I'm sure there's no relation to Drew Ohio in the statement. Okay, let's go ahead and get back into it. Mike Carey, a true champion, is doing well against the gang of rhinos in Ohio's 15th congressional district. Mike loves our country, is smart, strong, tough on crime and borders, adores our military and our vets, and will totally protect our Second Amendment. I have known Mike for many years, and he will not let you down. Mike Carey has my complete and total endorsement. Get out and vote on August 3rd, 2021. There you go. Ohio's second endorsement from President Trump. He's really looking to help clean house over there in Ohio is the way it sounds to me. So uh, you guys pay attention and let's hope that these individuals that Trump is endorsing stay 100% with what they have given to him and the trust that he has earned from them. All we can do is hope that they stay at 100%. And if they don't, that all you people call them to task and bring them down. Here's our next statement from President Trump, and this one is a doozy. 
Despite massive voter fraud and irregularities during the 2020 presidential election scam that we are now seeing play out in very big and important states, I never threatened or spoke about to anyone a coup of our government. That's right, President Trump. You're not the one who talked about the coup. I am. (laughs) So ridiculous. So sorry to inform you, but an election is my form of coup. And if I was going to do a coup, one of the last people I would want to do it with is General Mark Milley. He got his job only because the world's most overrated general, James Mattis, could not stand him, had no respect for him, and would not recommend him. To me, the fact that Mattis didn't like him, just like Obama didn't like him, and actually fired Milley, was a good thing, not a bad thing. I often act counter to people's advice who I don't respect. Guys, pay attention. That's part of his game book. In any event, I lost respect for Millie when he when we walked together to St. John's Church, which was still smoldering from radical left fire set the day before, side by side, a walk that has now been proven to be totally appropriate. And the following day, Millie choked like a dog in front of the fake news when they told him they thought he should not have been walking with the president, which turned out to be incorrect. He apologized profusely, making it a big story. Instead of saying, I am proud to walk with and protect the president of the United States. Had he said that, it would not have been all over. No big deal, but I saw at that moment he had no courage or skill. Certainly not the type of person I would be talking coup with. I'm not into coups. In fact, around the same time, Millie, in a conversation, was an advocate of changing all of the names of our military forts and bases. I realized then also he was a much different person than I had hoped. I said to him, Spend more time thinking about China and Russia and less time on being politically correct. But never during my administration did Millie display what he is showing now. He was not woke. Actually, I don't believe he ever was. But the way I look at Millie, he's just a better politician than a general trying to curry favor with the radical left and the absolute crazy people espousing a philosophy which will destroy our country. Dang, President Trump, that is a scathing statement. And uh, General Mark Milley was thoroughly against calling for the Insurrection Act. He was against it. That is another factoid that you people may remember. When they had Antifa and BLM burning down the United States of America during that summertime, and President Trump had actually considered you issuing the Insurrection Act, Millie was against it. Now, that might have been a smart political move in the long run, but let's face it, Millie never had Trump's back to begin with. And now that we see Millie calling to be woke, All I know is that General Mark Milley was sitting there with this this, uh, retired General uh, Lloyd Austin III 
And General Milley was sitting there with his garter, his garter belts in a knot because he had to find out about white rage. Millie is a shill and he's uh he's he is a he's basically a traitor to this country. Never liked the guy. And I'm just glad to hear that President Trump sees it the same way. It's obvious, ladies and gentlemen, it's obvious when you really look at it. So very scathing review of uh, this Mark Milley character from President Trump. And I'm glad to hear it. Uh, another small statement for President Trump, small but large. Big hearing in Arizona on the forensic audit at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Watch it on OAM. Indeed, everybody was watching it today. We're about to spill into that. Next statement. Nobody had ever heard of some of these people that worked for me in D.C. All of a sudden, the fake news starts calling them. Some of them, by no means all, feel emboldened, brave, and for the first time in their lives, they feel like something special. Not the losers that they are, and they talk and talk and talk. Many say I'm the greatest star maker of all time, but some of the stars I produce are actually made of garbage. <laughs> that's a pretty good statement from President Trump. You know, and that's to say that just because Trump is saying your name doesn't mean that you're going to catapult to the um, high regards of stardom in uh, media or in culture. Sometimes if President Trump says your name, it means that he's calling you out for the shill and the garbage and the treasonous SOB that you are. And you don't want to be on that receiving end of President Trump's statements. Let me tell you what. Next statement. The proud people of Cuba are desperate to be free from the boot, the iron boot heel of the island's wicked communist regime. These incredible warriors for freedom risk everything to take to the streets in their quest for freedom. I stand in total solidarity with the freedom fighters in Cuba and the brave Cuban Americans who have watched their families suffer in the motherland at the hands of this heartless and brutal regime. The Biden administration's refusal to forcefully condemn communism and the co Cuban communist regime is a national travesty. The Biden administration's ludicrous suggestion that the Cubans are protesting government mismanagement, not brutal communist oppression, is an insult to every Cuban patriot who has suffered, been imprisoned, or died in pursuit of freedom. Today's Democrat Party is so far left, they can't even take a stand against violent communism. Many are communists themselves. As president, I advanced a strategic vision in which the people of Cuba, Venezuela, and Nicaragua would be free, and the Western Hemisphere would be the first fully free hemisphere in all of human history. The Biden administration is squandering a historic opportunity to stand for people, for freedom and human rights in our home region. The Biden administration is betraying the freedom-loving people of Cuba. I fought for Cuba. They did not. I love the fact that President Trump has tripled down on the atrocities that are occurring in Cuba right now. Because let's face it, 
There are communists in our midst, ladies and gentlemen. There are communists standing before us, and we need to call them for who they are. There are people out there, and they might be menial and nondescript, and they might not have any stature as far as politics or legislation go. But there are people out there right now who proudly, proudly dorn the name of communism. They proudly wear the title. They proudly call themselves communists, ladies and gentlemen. And we're backwards totally if we have people in this day and age that proudly call themselves communists, that proudly stand out there waving their communist flags, they have got to go. And again, I'll say it, I've never met a communist that was not a Satanist. So that's a little bit on that, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's go ahead and get into the headlines. That was the moment we've been waiting for. We're going to talk about the Arizona Senate election audit hearing. Welcome to the Sea Report, ladies and gentlemen, because this is what we talk about here. Now, today's Arizona Senate election audit election hearing dropped on us, ladies and gentlemen. It dropped on us, and we were like, whoa, this we have been waiting for. This is just a small piece of the puzzle. It's not complete by any means. Now, just to understand at the front, Based on this hearing, it's not like they were calling for arrests. It's not like they were calling uh, for judiciary or legal or, you know, even criminal action. They were just simply laying out the discrepancies and the facts. But, but do not forget, when we're talking about discrepancies like this, this should be and should be criminal, period. Because anytime things like this go down, it's criminal. Now, the other day I had stated something to the point of, oh, but the Dems will probably ask for intent. How can you prove intent of fraud? You know, that's something that that's something that a progressive or a Dem or a liberal would ask. That's the only reason why I threw that uh, note out there to begin with, right? It's something stupid, you know, but when you get into this type of um, a mismanagement and this type of, of discrepancy on the scale that was introduced to America and the judiciary today in the state of Arizona, there is nowhere but fraud that it can go. There's nowhere but criminality that it can go. And it is my hope, as well as I'm sure all of you guys out there, that they will start looking at the people who certified this. Now, the first people, in my opinion, that need to be arrested are going to be those who signed off on the certification. So here we're talking about the Secretary of Snakes, the Secretary of State, and the Governor. Those two individuals who signed off on this election and certified it are probably the first that need to be um, arrested. And that is for dereliction of duty. That is for not following through. That is for allowing all of these errors to transpire without doing the proper inspection or review to ensure the fact that these things were not untoward. Now, we know that they were untoward. The Secretary of State and the Governor both were present. Well, I'm sure we're watching the hearings that were happening. Now in Arizona in December, November, January, they had the hearing there. 
they had the hearing where they laid out all the affidavits. They had all the witnesses come and speak. And just by just by merit of the people who submitted affidavits, the governor and the secretary of state should have taken this seriously. And yet they refused to. They had citizens on the ground willing to risk jail time by penalty of perjury talking about the irregularities and everything that was going, the mismanagement that was going on in their state. They did not take those people seriously. They chose not to listen to the hundreds of people who signed affidavits and those who came and testified on penalty of perjury. In other words, they risk jail time. They risk fines if they're lying. And the governor and the secretary of state chose not to take those people seriously they chose not to hear their their they chose not to hear their grievances they just chose to certify and i would say based on that alone the governor and the secretary of state should be jailed because they did not listen to their constituents and now guess what governor Ducey and secretary of snakes schnobs well katie hobbs right that's her name let's say her name appropriately on the, the show katie hobbs we call her katie schnobs she's a secretary of state they chose not to take it seriously they chose not to listen to their constituents they chose to certify an election that was questionable that they had hundreds of people signing up for jail time if they lied about it now eat this pie of quacha <laughs> That's what we'll call it. Eat this quacha pie. Eat this quacha pie. Secretary of Snakes Katie Schnobs and Governor Badusi over there in the state of Arizona. Because now this audit is reaching its end. It's reaching, it's close to the end. Now they can't quite wrap it up because the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors don't quite want to taste quacha pie, but they're going to have to because it's coming. They're going to re-subpoena all of the materials that, that have been denied to the Senate to complete this audit. It's coming. Only a nuke could stop this, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, so today we had a two and a half hour hearing of the Senate uh, Arizona audit election, election audit, right? Two hour hearing, two and a half hours, two hours and 20 minutes somewhere in that neighborhood. It was well covered on all channels. I promise you we're talking about the highlights today. Okay, so present at this hearing, we had Doug Logan of Cyber Ninjas. We had Ken Bennett, the former Secretary of State from Arizona, and also the liaison between the election audit and the Arizona State Senate and the press. And we also had Ben Cotton, who was the cyber cipher expert now cyber expert from cipher cipher cyber cipher cipher so ben cotton doug logan ken bennett these were the three gentlemen that were present at the hearing today they were also present during the question period now you guys remember we aired here at the c report whenever um uh, they would not hand over the information to the state senate we're talking about the maricopa county voter supervisors they wouldn't hand over the information they had no information they had none of the uh, passwords they had none of the tokens that were needed and uh Karen Fan had some questions. Now, we aired that hearing live back in the day, right? This is probably like over a month ago. But these were the three who were present, again, testifying to the Arizona Senate in this special hearing today. Now, for the play-by-play, -play, uh, things kicked off with uh, Doug Logan. 
and uh, he actually shared a video about the Arizona audit. So we're going to share that with you guys now. Like I said, we are going to do um, we're going to show you guys some highlights from the audit in case you missed it. It was two and a half hours long, but this is probably uh, this is probably a good majority. Oh, no, don't start yet, guys. This is going to be a good go back up here. A good meat of it. So we got some highlights for you guys on what happened. But let me go ahead and play this video for you guys first. It's kind of a, a prep, a preparation that they they had for this hearing in regards to some of the security issues, what they provided for the volunteers, just to kind of lay out the entire foundation of where this was starting. And then, guys, we'll get to where we are going. All right, guys. So let's go ahead and play this real quick. I think it's all my years as a county manager and working at the executive level in local government. I've never seen a process so unprecedented than this audit. The transparency, the accountability, the integrity, and the overall chain of custody is something that is incomparable to any audit that's ever been conducted in the United States. It was an important part of the process in identifying the individuals to assist us in the audit. Background checks had to be done. Uh, social media vetting took place. But we didn't care what party you were, whether you were Democrat, Republican, Independent, Libertarian, far left, far right. As long as you entered the building with good intention, knowing that you were going to follow a sense of accountability, that you had integrity, and to do the right thing, this is what it was about. We wanted everybody in this building to be beyond reproach. With over 1,500 volunteers and 200 paid staff, we had people from all over the country in all walks of life. It was important because our chain of command was vital to the structural management process of the audit. We had vice presidents, we had managers, and then we had table managers. But people came from all over, from Pennsylvania to Iowa, from Virginia, Washington, D.C., and of course, the state of Arizona. We had retired FBI agents, retired IRS auditors. We had technical professionals. We had CEOs of companies, election workers, and supervisors. We had consultants. We had even a United States Air Force general who had retired, who spent every day working tirelessly to make sure the audit was done with quality. Although it was only Maricopa County residents who voted in the last general election that were able to count ballots and votes, it was important to know that everybody in that building was there for one common goal, and that was to validate the election results and seek out and find any vulnerabilities to provide feedback that would enable Maricopa County's election process to get better or to provide findings to the Arizona Senate for them to take the necessary measures to restore confidence in the Arizona voter. We had many measures that were implemented to ensure the safety and security of the people within the facility. Badging was something that was very important where a person to get into the facility had to present their badge, also a legal ID, and be on a list. Another important aspect to this was our COVID protocol that we ensured 
that we did not have any issues pertaining to COVID. And people were required to wear masks while on the floor. Any visitors or state delegation personnel that came into the building were also escorted. We had first aid stations on hand and we had a reunification site set up in the event we had to evacuate the premise. Training was very detailed and extensive. Everyone went through an orientation process before they broke out into their specialized training. If you went to accounting table, you learned what the spinning process was. You actually did a practice tally sheet. You learned what the positions were that were involved in processing ballots and taking ballots off, what table managers did and what pod managers did. If you went into paper examination, you went to a lab where you worked directly with the microscopes and the camera technology and processing the ballots and the importance of making sure that qualitative images were taken while processing those ballots in the paper examination area. Buzzwords were often used such as integrity, accountability, chain of custody, beyond reproach and transparency. And this was the culture that was developed for anyone that stepped in this building. The four operations had many different moving parts. We had the ballot corrals that stored the ballots uh, and staged the ballots in different ways from regular storage to staging for paper examination and for staging for further investigation. You had paper examination stations that would then take ballots from the box and process them to obtain the images that were necessary through DSLR cameras and four different microscopes that obtained information from each ballot. You had aggregation that would then take the results of the counting tables and input that data into the system to ensure that the proper counts were correct during that process. Ballots didn't move without three things, people, paper, and observation. The people who moved them, the paper trail with the chain of custody that followed it, along with the camera observation that did not at any time allow a ballot box to not be seen. The handling of ballots was also very important. Once a ballot box was cut open and the ballots were removed, it was important that we ensured that the ballots were put back the exact same way they were pulled from each of the ballot boxes. Our goal was to make sure that Maricopa County received the boxes back with all the artifacts in it, along with the order of the ballots, the exact same way that we received them. I think with all the outcry of concern, the election results displayed, it was important for the Arizona Senate to bring in an independent to evaluate the results. This was done in a way that was unprecedented that had never been done before with the detail and the forensic side of the audit. But it was also important to be done when a bipartisan effort with the intent to provide feedback to Maricopa County to enable them to get better in their election process or to provide findings to the Arizona Senate uh, to enable them to create measures that would ensure that in the future that the residents of Arizona could have confidence in the election process. Thank you.
All right, ladies and gentlemen. So that was a video that they used to begin the process of this hearing, just to reassure people of exactly what the kind of processes they were using in this Arizona audit, um, uh, forensically speaking. <laughs> so that was just a start, you know, because you know people are going to have questions like, oh, what about COVID? This is going to be a mass COVID spreading event because you conservatives, you far right people are out there having this audit because that's how it was point. That's how it was painted from the jump. That's the way it was painted from the jump by all of these far left individuals. And we know these far left individuals and we're talking about Arizona specifically here, like their media, totally corrupt. The media in Arizona is totally corrupt. Like they're all left-leaning individuals. They are all progressive Democrat libs. And uh, they don't give a damn about election security because otherwise they would not have cared. Or they would actually have cared, I should say, that this audit was taking place just to ensure that their opponent lost and that their candidate won. But as is the story, as we know it to go, they know something is up. And that's the reason why we saw so many, so much, uh, so much battle, so much, so much um, uh, uh, opposition against this audit. So that's how they started it off. Now, like this guy said, the culture of this audit was good. Now, culture is very important. What does that mean? Like, what is the culture of this audit? It's like when you where you work. What is the culture of where you work? Why is that important? Because if the culture is bad, if people feel, think about, think about, uh, think about uh, VP Harris, right? What the hell, Harris? Think about her staff. Do you guys remember hearing about that story where everyone's like, it sucks to work here. We're always getting scolded and we're getting blamed for things. And the, the head of her office is always just like talking down on us. That's a terrible culture to work in, right? You don't want to be in a culture where people are being, uh, you know, people are being looked down upon. People are being like, um, you know, treated indignantly, where they're rude to you, terrible culture. So that they, it, for them, it was important that there was a culture here of inclusivity. And uh, like he said, that no one would go into this audit who was not looking for just an upstanding result. Like it was important that the culture in the auditorium where this was being produced where this was happening was not a negative culture, was not like something that would just make people feel like, why am I here? You know, like, so that to me says a lot because people don't think when you have organization, when you have things working like that, when you have this, he said, what, 15,000, 1500 people, 1500 volunteers. When you have that many people coming together, you cannot have a culture of negativity in there. You can't have someone that's like, oh, I'm the boss or someone who's just lording it over people. That says a lot. They were looking to make sure that the people there, you know, they're, th that says a lot, ladies. You know, that's like, that's like third rank. That's like, that's like higher echelon of, of people management. You know, they were not just making sure that it was functioning. They were making sure that the people there had a good well-rounded foundation of 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 people who were on the same track people who are positive thinking people who were looking out without being overbearing without being restrictive without being bossy you don't want that kind of thing if you're trying to get something like this big to work 
you want to make sure that you have a good culture there. So I was actually surprised that they brought that out. That's why I'm speaking at it a little bit at length, because that's very important when you're talking about having any group or amount of people, especially one this size, working towards a common goal. You want to make sure that there's none of those snares in there that could just kind of like make people not to care. Do you remember what they were talking about with the Georgia over there at the State Farm Arena? How people were just like, I'm here to mess stuff up. I'm here because of this. And people just didn't care. There was a terrible culture working over at the State Farm Arena, which is probably all Stacey Abrams' fault anyways. But it was terrible. And that's why there was so much mismanagement. That's why there was so much chaos. That's why there was so much confusion. No one gave a damn about their job. That's why you had people like Ruby Freeman getting on her Instagram saying, ha, 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 I'm here and I'm going to talk to them about this and that, blah, 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 blah. And then she runs out on her ballots at least twice on video. And we show that to you guys here at the C Report. Terrible culture going on in Georgia. But they were working to make sure that it was good and stable in Arizona. And that says a lot to me. And that's the only reason why I've spoken on that bit so much. Anyways, aside from having a great culture of work there at the uh, Veterans Memorial Coliseum, they also had great chain of custody um, um, documentation. The ballots in ballot boxes were examined and put back in the same order in which they were reviewed. The team attempted to design the audit so that it was beyond reproach. Now, that, they're talking about having the count four times over of these ballots they're talking about how you we've heard some of the people some of the senators and representatives that went into arizona to review this audit to do a tour of it talking about the chain of custody being far more airtight than even like the army or the united states air force puts into uh, uh into initiation for their types of chains of custody they're like dang this is tougher they're like you if you if you take a bathroom break you're you're signing off on a paper going to the bathroom break a uh, time in time out and uh that's that's pretty hardcore guys like it was much more airtight it was more hermetically sealed there in arizona than it was in any other place even by armed services standards so they were looking at that guys the team attempted to design the audit so that it was beyond reproach why do you think they've counted the ballots four times they have chain of custody and everyone's movement documented and also they even weighed the ballots it's beyond chain of custody it's 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 golden. It's platinum standard, in my opinion. The t uh, It says also here, again, they had over 1,500 people who were involved in this process, and they put in over 80,000 hours of work at this point. At the point of this hearing, 80,000 hours of work had been put in. They also tallied the ballots, and they are now working through the evaluation to ensure that the results are perfect. Again, that's because they are, they are recounting and recounting the ballots because there's a discrepancy. They need to ensure that there's there's no rebuttal or reproach against what they are going to be laying out for them. Now, we also had Karen Fan sharing the entire audit that was voted by the Republican Senate to ensure that the electoral process is working. And she also explained how the audit was the Senate's responsibility to prove to the Arizona public that their ballots were sacred. Because, again, they had enough citizens crying out in Arizona that this needs to be done, that these people, against all odds, decided, you know what, we're going to do this. Because, again, they may have felt personally in their own hearts, they may have felt personally to themselves that this needed to be accomplished, right? But 
they couldn't do it without the backing of the people to spurn them forward. Because again, guys, they might say Karen Fan was the lone warrior out there. Say Karen Fan and uh, Kelly Ward and uh, Wendy Rogers and uh, and some of the other senators uh, were out there and they knew it was wrong. They knew it was bad, but they can't do anything without the backing of the people. So they decided to go ahead and plow through this because they had enough support from the constituents in the state of Arizona to get this done. And again, it is the, it does, it does fall back on the Senate and the legislature to make sure that this happens, that that's what the people wanted and they ensured it happened and were blessed for it to this point. Um, let's see. Uh, Ken Bennett also spoke. Now, Ken Bennett, again, he's the former secretary of state. He is all, he was also the liaison between the auditors over at Veterans Memorial and the state Senate in Arizona. He went in to talk about chain of custody, because as you guys know, chain of custody is a big issue in all of the states that are involved in this. Now, we're talking about the five most contentious states, five to six most contentious states where we're having issues with chain of custody. I think in other states, such as Texas, we'll find more of the issues to lie in the actual software and hardware that was used in the elections. But the chain of custody where all these ballots were dropped at one time overnight, that's where they're having issues. Now, Ken Bennett talked about the chain of custody. He said that there is a continuous and complete chain of custody there at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum audit, they had a continuous chain of custody. Like if a box came on, it was marked, people who handled it, it was marked, the time, the date, the person, the fingerprints, no, just kidding, it wasn't quite the fingerprints, but there was there was legitimate signatures. You guys remember when we were watching this whole chain of custody issue going on over at Michigan, when they tried to have, they tried to have the Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, the Secretary of Snake over there, when they try to get someone to sign off on the chain of custody as having received the affidavits that Christina Caromo, who is running for Secretary of State in Michigan, they try to have someone sign off on it. They would not even sign off on the chain of custody. They rubber stamped it. No one had the balls to sign off on it. Well, here at the Arizona um, election audit in Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Maricopa County, Arizona and Phoenix, everyone signed off. So the chain of custody intact, guys. It was perfect. So Ken Bennett was talking about that. He also talked about how every box was signed off for when it was when it was out and when it was returned to the corral. Now they had 1,600 boxes, 1,600 boxes of ballots were reviewed during this process, okay? And everyone was signed in and out every time it moved. It was even filmed, guys. We'll talk about, we'll show you some video on that in a minute. It was even filmed when coming in and out, wherever it went, they had all eyes on ballots, boxes. They knew where everything was going at every time. The boxes were also resealed before being returned and in the same order that they were found. So as it went in and as it went out, first in, first out, whatever they received, they received it exactly in the same order that they took it in. They also replaced it. So that is pretty tight chain of custody. Who comes up with this stuff? It must have been a Virgo. Anyways, okay. Uh, one of the things that they did talk about was the items that were subpoenaed that had not been provided. This goes back to chain of custody. Chain of custody reports were requested from the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors related to the ballots in their custody. The documents of the chain of custody have not been provided from Maricopa County. The county, the county will not provide any more. 
So these guys over here at the Veterans Memorial Coliseum, they're going to provide a complete chain of custody, A to Z, one to infinity, on exactly how they handled these ballots. And to this day, Maricopa County has still not provided chain of custody. Gah, guys. Maricopa County, they're making you look pretty bad because you guys still haven't handed over your chain of custody, and yet they're going to give you chain of custody in spades. Now, Ken Bennett also noted that in the boxes, uh, boxes, ballot batch sheets, they were to be provided in each box of ballots, but some batches were only for one ballot and others had multiples. Seals were also cut off on these ballots. Ballots were handled at the central office for from the mail where over 1 million ballots were processed through the mail. Some sheets were not provided from the county, but one entry requested some info via FOIA requests. So they, again, broken chain of custody here, guys. They have ballot boxes without ballot sheets. They have ballot sheets where they aren't needed. They have duplicates and multiples of certain ballot sheets. Like all of this is just adding up to this mass confusion. You think that uh, Georgia was mismanaged. Imagine what they are experiencing here in Arizona. But the thing about it is, and the thing that I love, is that they can track everything, and they did. This is the most thorough investigation and forensic audit that we have ever seen. We've never seen such a thing, ladies and gentlemen, but we're seeing it now here today. There were almost... This is crazy, guys. There was almost one whole pallet, an entire pallet of ballots. There was almost one entire pallet of ballots that were duplicate ballots. And there's something like 22 boxes or more on one of these pallets alone. And on this pallet, the entire pallet almost was a duplicate pallet batch ballot patch that's insane guys they were able to find that out that there was almost one whole pallet of duplicate batches ballots that's that's insane we're saying decertify decertify this immediately ladies and gentlemen they found one they found thousands of duplicate ballots missing serial numbers on them over they had thousands of duplicate ballots that were missing serial numbers they had thousands of ballots where a serial number was on it and the number was difficult to read making it difficult to match an existing ballot thousands of ballots where they could not read the serial number so they could not match it to a duplicate uh, um, an existing ballot ladies and gentlemen all of these discrepancies and yet you have governor ducey and secretary of state katie schnobbs signing on to it i say handcuffs ladies and gentlemen because they did not do their job and you know with when it gets down to this much fraud you have to say forget the intent Forget the intent. This is dereliction of duty. This is dereliction of duty. Uh, uh, Tucker Carlson said this is insurrection. I don't know, guys, if you want to go that far. But, it, I mean, come on. When there's this much stuff that is amiss, when there's this much discrepancy, you have to wonder whether or not they let it happen on purpose. And, you know, we know here, we know here, you're, my audience here, we know they let this happen on purpose. Okay, getting back to some of the recap, all the ballots have been filmed. Again, they filmed. They they had an eye on every single ballot that was going in and out of there so that any, if anyone tried to open up the boxes, they would be able to tell 
if uh, before they were being because they filmed them from open to resealment. They filmed them when they opened them. They filmed them when they received them. They filmed them in transit. So you could tell if it had been managed, if it had been messed with. Okay. So after we had uh, Sec former Secretary of State Ken Bennett talking, we had Ben Cotton. Now, Ben Cotton is the representative of Cypher. He was also speaking next. Now, he was talking about how there were zero changes to any of the machines. Now, don't forget, Katie Hobbs was like, we can't use these machines again. Because if we have a third party person who's not certified to do audits, then that means that they could be messed up for the next audit. Now, let's keep in mind here that the people who are certified by the EAC to do the audits actually are only certified to certify the machines. They're not certified to run actual audits. This is like, whoa, you know, like, okay, you're complaining about uncertified auditors when the people that you have certified are only certified to certify machines. They're not even certified to run audits. Huh. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So Ben Cotton's talking about the machines here. He's like, there were zero changes to any of the machines. Okay, because this is what Karen Hobbs, uh, Katie Hobbs was complaining about. Karen Hobbs. This is what Katie Hobbs was complaining about. He also stated that they completed forms when auditing the machines and used a right block device to prevent any modification of original evidence to the machines. What this means is that everything that they were doing was on paper and this right block device would prevent the machines from being overwritten by the work that they were doing. So in other words, it saves the original data, it blocks them from being overwritten, and they can go in and continue doing what they're doing without touching or disturbing any of the original data on those machines. Then they also copied each digital device. So if any changes in the evidence were there, you would know. So this way they made a copy of it. So that this way you have your original um, data, which has a right block protection. And then they made a copy of that so that this way, if anything is untoward or changed, you would know. They'd be like, look, this is a copy of what was block protected. So this way you have both of them. They move forward. They made this totally, totally hermetically sealed, guys. So this way you would know for a fact if there was anything altered. Then they also created examination copies. So you have the original data that's right block protected. You have a copy of that data that's right block protected. And then they made a copy of that to examine examination copies. So now there's three copies. So if there's anything that's mismatched, you have several copies to go back and make sure that it is not being finagled with. So they had these uh, examination copies created and the original copies they kept in safekeeping. Keeping. And then from that, they had uh, not a single bit of data that was tampered with on the originals. Everything was secured. Then they did not modify or change any of the chips. Nothing was modified on these machines. Nothing was changed. Okay. Any changes to the machines would have been done by the county. So everything that they have going on here, they have like double and triple checks on it. So this way, you know, for a fact that nothing was altered on their end. Again, much to the dismay of Katie Hobbs, who says this is what they done did. And now we have to go ahead and bring in new machines. Really, Katie Hobbs, are you that, uh, are you that daft on these issues? 
Now, uh, Ben Cotton did reiterate that there were cameras over their work 24 hours a day. Anything would have been caught on video. Nothing they did would have impacted the machines at all. The position that the county must place all voting machines, uh, replace them, is at odds with the audits performed earlier in the year that they could determine that nothing was changed. And again, that's going back to the fact that Karen Fan, the Senate president, called out Katie Hobbs and she said, you run... You run diagnostics and testing on these machines before, so you can run the same diagnostics and testings on these machines now, and you can tell based off of those results whether or not anything was messed up. So what are you talking about, Katie Schnobs? What do you, why are you crying, Katie Hobbs? Why are you crying? That's what Karen Fan was saying, because you can test them then, you can test them now, and you can very well see that nothing has been messed with. So don't you go trying to get new voting machines in here and saying that these are no longer good. Everything stands, and they were proving it today during this hearing. Now, the I-team the I-team team, IT team, team, <laughs> IT team received over 300 tabulators. Um, they also, uh, the county, uh, they also received the county electoral management system server, physical uh, devices correlating to the electoral management server's adjudication function. They received 11 hard drives with cloned data, which was provided but altered by their cloning process. They created a forensic copy of all the items received and they looked for any internet connections. The auditors, though, have still not received the router configuration files and the router data. And don't forget, we had Sheriff Penzoni, the jabroni, Sheriff Penzone, the uh, Soros hack. He's the one who's like, well, we can't provide these routers because it has sheriff information on it. It has social security information. And, and we're like, Sheriff, we're like Sheriff Penzoni, the jabroni. Are you a jabroni? Because after all, routers don't carry any type of data. Routers only transfer data. Are you a jabroni, Sheriff Penzoni, the jabroni? Because you're starting to look like it. Apparently, they made Sheriff Penzoni stand out to look like a jabroni because they are the ones who made him say that there was actual data on the routers. And America and the world knows that routers don't store data. Routers are not a computer hardware system. Routers don't do that. Routers don't do that, Sheriff Penzoni the jabroni. You're a jabroni. Oh, my God. Okay, so anyways, he looks like an idiot because of his statements, but it's okay. The auditors still have not received any of the router data or the router configurations. And they've, they've asked for them. They subpoenaed them. So far, the Maricopa County is just choosing not to send it over. Um, they know an element of election system was breached. Now, again, they know that somewhere in here, an element of this election system was breached. How do we know that? Because we reported within days ago that the election system, they sent out letters to select individuals to let them know that their data had been breached. And we know that this breach was not a good breach because they sent out information to their constituents saying so. It was like, hey, just so you know, you've been hacked, but it's okay. There was no personal information, just your voting information, possibly your address. But other than that, you know, we didn't let go of your social security numbers, etc. There are severe problems also with how the voter information was maintained. The system not patched regularly 
In other words, the last time that this voter system, the computer systems they had here, the last time they had them stocked up with antivirus wear was in 2019. So in addition to them not being certified since 2016, because the machines were not certified, let's not forget that. They were not certified since 2015 or 16, which means actually every... No, it was 2016 or 17. So every election since 2016 was not certified, which means every election should be should be rendered null and void. Every election should be rendered null and void because it was not certified since 2016. They're also saying that there was no antivirus malware in their computer system since 2019. This is something else that they found out, okay? Uh, to add on top of that, no antivirus uh, malware in their computer since 2019, which means that it could make it vulnerable to any type of attack on their systems. The auditors still need to see the routers. The county still doesn't want to hand over the routers. They don't want to hand over any of the router data. They're going to resubpoena it, according to Ken Bennett, at the end of the hearing today. That's what he said. He was like, we're going to resubpoena it. We just need to resubpoena it. That's basically what's going to come down to. Okay, let's see what else we got going on here. This is a lot of information, guys, but this was the recap from today, and we're not done yet. Um, let's see. Ben Cotton also talked about something called Splunk logs and tokens. He noted that there were 37,000 queries done on March 11th alone. So what this is, he said, but they didn't receive any data before this date, which didn't allow them to see data back on election day. So queries meaning something from off-site, something, something from the internet, from beyond, was querying their system 37,000 times. So was that like 37,000 lo uh, logins or 37,000 times someone tried to access the system? Splunk logs, tokens, they don't have the information. Again, the county does not want to provide that to them. He also noted that Dominion had access to the admin administration abilities of the machines, but the county does not. Now, this is something that we know. Apparently, Maricopa County and Dominion don't want to hand over the admin passwords, but Dominion had access to these administrative duties. So the county could not have even recorded these votes because they had no access. So then the question is, who was able to record these votes? The county officials, they don't have the ability to verify the functionality of the system without Dominion's help. They are dependent on Dominion. I'm pretty sure, according to Arizona state law, that a contractor or even a subcontractor is not the person who's supposed to be running their election audits. I would not doubt that it's something similar to what you got in Wisconsin, where the county clerk is the one who is, in fact, should be responsible for running elections in their municipality. And I'm sure, according to Arizona state law, it's not Dominion. I'm pretty sure it's someone who's elected in their own legislature who should be running that, whether that's the Secretary of State or that's a county clerk, it's not Dominion. But again, Maricopa County has not and cannot provide this information to the Arizona Senate. Lots of questions abound, ladies and gentlemen. Lots of questions abound. <laughs> Let's get on to Doug Logan. Doug Logan, he's the guy from Cyber Ninjas. He talks about uh, he talks about the paper examination, the paper examination over there at Maricopa County. Now, 
he used something called a kinematic tool to review the paper ballots in Maricopa County. Now, what he found is that some of these ballots were out of calibration by 1900%. Out of calibration means like they're not calibrated to match whatever software the scanners are reading per the, so, you know, you calibrate your ballots to the scanners that are reading the ballots to calibrate together. So this way there's a, a smooth match. What you got on the scanners, you got on the ballots so they can read each other plainly. They were out of calibration. They were out of match by 1900%. Some of these ballots, the ballots were off, were as far off center as more than 2000%. So 1900% were off calibration and the ones that were off calibration were off calibration by 2000%. That's sickening, ladies and gentlemen. That's a total... I mean, what kind of person does that? Like, fire that person, right? You hired a printer to do it? Fire them. Like, what the heck? This kind of goes back to the Jovan Pulitzer stuff, where Jovan Pulitzer was showing you how the uh, ba ballots were not aligned and stuff like that. Okay, this calibration stuff. So anyways, they still need to review and finalize some of this calibration stuff. The paper stock was also found to be out of compliance with what they had on board, which led to some of the ballots having bleed through. Now, all of you guys remember the incidents with the Sharpie markers. It was otherwise known as Sharpie gate, right? Okay. So that was going on there. Now um, the, uh, this, okay. So there was bleed through. We'll go through this in a minute. I'm going to show you guys clips. Don't worry. This is just a quick rundown of everything that was going on there. We're going to give you some of the sauce. Okay. So this may have been caused by votes. Uh, this may, okay. So the paper having bleed through may have caused the tabulators to miscount the vote. Obviously. Okay. It also, the miscount of the tabulators was also most likely caused by the lack of calibration between the paper ballots and the scanners. There were roughly 168,000 ballots that were from primarily election day ballots. 168,000 ballots, guys. Don't forget, illegitimate Joe won by about 10,000 votes in Arizona. <laughs> We're going to get to some of the numbers here in a minute, y'all. Okay. They next talked about voter data analysis. That included canvassing and 74,000 ballots they found had no record of ballots being sent to individuals, but somehow they were received. So you have 74,000 ballots that were casted and counted, but there was no record that these ballots had ever been sent to an individual, like absentee ballots, or if they did a mass mailing of ballots. They have records of all of that. So obviously, if you're going to send out a ballot, you have a record of it going out. 74,000 of these ballots had no record of ever being sent. They were just magically counted. 74,000 ballots, ladies and gentlemen. 74,000 ballots and illegitimate Joe won on a 10,000 ballot margin. Can you imagine? Can you imagine the landslide that President Trump won in Arizona 
for them to have to forge something like 100,000 ballots in order for Joe Biden to get a 10,000 ballot lead? <laughs> it's it's crazy, guys. Like, he won so hardcore in Arizona, President Trump did, that they had to fake all of these ballots, and Joe Biden only won by 10,000 ballots. They faked 100,000 ballots or more, and he only won by 10,000? This is how great the victory President Trump had in Arizona? Dang! No wonder these guys cheated so hard, because they were like, heck, this guy's coming out hot and heavy compared to 2016. My God, ladies and gentlemen. My God, we're two hours into the program and we're not even halfway done with the show. All right. Okay. Let's see what else we got here. Logan again noted unhelpful. Oh, yeah. So Maricopa County was just basically not helping him. That's what it came. That's what it boiled down to. Okay. So uh, let's see what we what we closed off this hearing with. Uh, Logan, um, he, uh, this is, uh, this is, um, uh, was it, uh, Doug Logan, Doug Logan, right? The guy from, uh, Cyber Ninjas. Yeah. Doug Logan. He closes off the hearing. Um, he says, uh, he says that they still need the chain of custody and they still need the router data. Uh, they also need the tokens of to the machines to see how that they were configured. Um, he says that the auditors also still need the envelopes for the mail-in ballots. That's the signature and to do the signature matching on the envelopes. Apparently they don't have that either. Um, and uh, just a note here, guys, there was a uh, 3,900 votes that were received from unregistered voters. And there was 18,000 votes that were counted in the election, but the votes were then removed from the voter rolls by December 4th. I mean, guys, it's looking like a total blowout in Arizona. Total blowout. And I really think that if they can move forward with this stuff, Georgia's just going to decertify. Like, this is just so out of hand, out of whack, and everything here looks to mirror what was going on in Georgia. It's going to be a total blowout. Georgia will decertify. Arizona should decertify, and then we'll see what happens in Pennsylvania and Michigan. Uh, but let's go ahead and give you guys a few clips, so this way everything that I said doesn't just seem like I was saying it. Let's take a we'll, – we'll, what we're going to review now are some of the key points now in this clip. Uh, this is uh, this is Doug uh, – Doug – what was his name again? <laughs> Doug Logan. This dude's from Cyber Ninjas. That's Doug Logan. Let me expand that for you guys. Doug Logan right here. That's a Ken Bennett, former SOS there in uh, Arizona. Now in this clip, they're talking about the 74,000 ballots that were returned and counted with no record of them ever being sent out. In other words, they weren't requested. They didn't even have a record of them going out, but all of a sudden 74,000 ballots appear and are counted. So that's what we're talking about in this clip. We'll take a look at it real quick. Um, so, for example, we have 74,243 mail-in ballots um, where there is no clear record of them being sent. And just to be clear, um, here in the state of Arizona, there's, there's uh, EV32s and EV33s. EV32s is supposed to give a record of when a mail-in ballot is sent, and an EV33 is supposed to give a record of when 
uh, the mail-in ballot is received. And so there should be an equal, you know, there should be more EV32s, more sent out than there are that, that are received. Specifically with these, we also, we can tie them to a specific individual that was mailed to. And so we have 74,000 where we have them came back from individuals where we don't have a clear indication that they were ever sent out to them. That could be something where, where documentation wasn't done right. There's a clerical issue. There's not proper things there. Um, but I think when we've got 74,000, it's, you know, it merits, you know, knocking on a door and validating some of this information. So, Madam President, if I may, Mr. Logan, what um, what are you looking at where you see this, where there's 72,000 received but not 72,000 sent? What did you guys look at to to come up with that? So there was information that was FOIAed from the county, um, specifically in these EV32 and EV34 or 33 forms. Um, and that is what gives an account of what was sent out and what was received back. This is the data you received from a FOIA request back correct. from the county. Members of our team received back, correct. When you're saying that the EV33, which is the number of ballots received, was higher than the number of ballots. We are not seeing an equivalent EV32 to go along with EV34. Or 33, I'm sorry, keeps doing this up. 32 not and 33. 32 and 33, we're okay. not seeing them where they match up because there should be a matchup of them. Um, obviously, you're going to have more mail-in ballots sent out than are ever right. re returned, but specifically, these should match up with each other. Okay. Is there another way to get that information? Uh, how, how would you verify that? Is there another way to get that information? If what you have seen so far doesn't make sense, how can we verify? Is there a way to do that? Yeah, we could request information from the U.S. Postal Service on what was, you know, went through the mail system. Um, there's additional records about if mail-in ballots were in fact rejected um, and returned, um, that information you know would be useful in, in sorting through some of this as well. There's a number of different things associated with you know artifacts that are created when that mail-in ballots are sent. Okay, thank you. Continue. Okay. So we have also seen some interesting things related to the voter rolls. Um, so for example, we have 11,326 people that did not show up on a November 7th version of of the voter rolls that should have been you know, after votes were cast, but then appeared on December 4th voter rolls. And just be clear, they show as voted in this past election, but they were not a November 7th version of the file and they were they did show up on the December 4th version. Okay, that sounds confusing. I, Is there, give me an explanation of why that might have, I mean, we're not, we're obviously we're not saying there's fraud, we're not saying anything else. I'm just trying to find answers is there a logical explanation why that would be? I cannot think of a logical explanation on what that would be, um, but it'd be a great thing to hear back from the county to see if there's any anything that we're not thinking of. Okay, thank you. Continue. So we have, um, from what I understand here in Arizona, um, we were, they originally were, Hobbs had requested that the registration date for voting be moved up to election day, and there was actually a court case that moved it back to October 15th. Based on the registration information that, that we found in the voter rolls, we have 3,981 individuals who show us having voted in this election and their data shows up in the campuses having voted in this election. However, they were they were res registered after October 15th. So what we would need is, um, again, so all of these, Madam President, so all of these are things that canvassing we could find out, did they register before, did they even vote? Um, or we need some more data. We need more data from the county to show 
they registered before that date, they, something showing that they registered before October 15th, or something showing that these uh, their ballots were sent out um, to people where they were received. Or we need to do a canvas. We need to be doing canvassing to ask the voters themselves. Okay, continue. Um, the last one I have is we have roughly 20,000, I think it was about actually closer to 18,000 who voted in the election and then showed from as being removed from the voter rolls soon after the election. So they were on the voter rolls, they showed as voting, and then they were removed. And there could be a good logical explanation for that, um, but it was just, it seems like a large, large number to immediately have after an election be removed. And so getting more documentation on the request to remove from voter rolls or other process to make sure that makes sense seems logical. In addition, again, knocking on doors and canvassing can help validate that information. Mr. Bennett, besides knocking on doors, how would we also obtain that information? Secretary of State, voter rolls, Maricopa County, or knocking on doors is the only way to do it? I don't understand. Well, the original voting records are kept at the county level. That is shared electronically on a daily basis with the Secretary of State's office. It keeps a statewide voter database. Um, the Secretary of State's office receives uh, information from vital records and other uh, the courts and uh, et cetera that is then in kind of reverse sent to the county levels to let people know, let the counties know who's died, who's been adjudicated in a court hearing as being incompetent or lost their voting rights because of a felony uh, conviction or something like that. So uh, I guess we could look at um, almost daily uh data between the county and the secretary of state's office all right thank you continue um that's actually the last thing i have to cover from this section okay um envelopes that's an issue that oh, yeah. we've been talking about would you like to touch on that as well yeah we've had we've had an affidavit um that specifically stated that when mail-in ballots were received um that so many of them were received that the standards reduced over time um, they originally talked about there was initially 20 points of comparison on the signature, um, and then after some time they're told to go to 10 points of signature, 10 points of comparison, then five, and then eventually they were just told to let every single mail-in ballot through. Um, so we think it's important. Um, understand with the course of our settlement, um, the only thing we can look at is, is blank signatures, but we think it's important to get the, get the mail-in ballot images and see how many, if any, blank signatures came through. Um, because that could have a material impact of a, on the election. Okay. Do we not have those images the, of the envelopes? We do not have those images. Um, Maricopa County has stated that they provided us uh, with images, um, but specifically the full. Okay. So that was the end of that clip there. Again, there they're talking about uh, the 74,000 ballots, etc. Um, and uh, what they can do, I mean, it's it's a very, 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 uh, it's very intricate the way that they're doing this. Um, and, and hats off to them. I'm sure you guys can appreciate. Uh, let's, let's play another clip here. Uh, this clip is going to be talking about um, how they had the wrong paper stock. So uh, this goes to Sharpie Gate. You guys all remember about Sharpie Gate. Y'all remember about and we saw the reports, we saw the, we saw the tweets, uh, we saw the videos on the Twitter, we saw everything where people were talking about, oh, they were saying to use a Sharpie and, you know, and, and yet there's, there was also a documentation to the 
fact that said that if you use a Sharpie, it may not count your ballot. And yet they still encourage them to do it. Uh, so this goes into that little piece of information that we just covered a few minutes ago. Let's take a look. So if they're offset, what it means is when, if it bleeds through, it can potentially cause an overvote. It can potentially cause you to vote for someone that you intend to vote for or so forth, because the bleed of one side's bubble can go forth to the other side and get, get within the area would be categorized for the other bubble. Now, specifically, we should not have had problems with bleed through. Um, if you scroll down a little bit farther and zoom in where we've got the red box, this is actually a newsletter that was put out by Maricopa County that talks about the paper types that are utilized. Um, and specifically, they state that they use vote secure paper. Now, if vote secure paper is, is utilized, um, it's actually a thick paper. It has a special coating on it um, that helps make sure there isn't bleed through. Um, and so it would help ensure that bleed through wouldn't be a problem, even if things happen to be not perfectly calibrated. But if you scroll down to the next page, we're going to give you an example of an, an actual ballot where you can see the bleed through that goes through. And you can see that the bleed through is actually very, very close to where votes are cast. Now, as part of additional analysis, we're, we're going to try to get a better idea as to when or if this did impact votes and did impact values. It does require additional analysis in here. Um, but um, specifically, this is an indication of, of problems that could cause an overvote situation or could cause votes to be cast in, in a, for a different candidate than intended. So let me clarify something. I want to make sure I get this straight because this was an issue early on right after the election. So Maricopa County, you're saying on their website, said that they only use secure paper, which does not allow for bleed through. Correct. 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 This is actually a newsletter from them. But yes. Okay, their newsletter. And so if that is correct, there is no way there would be bleed through as what we're seeing on the ballots. Yeah. Based on our discussions with paper experts, they specifically state that that paper is thick enough that it wouldn't bleed through. And we are seeing a lot of very thin paper stock being utilized, especially on election day. Okay. Was this done with, uh, does this happen with just magic markers or does it happen with ballpoint pens? Do you know that answer? I don't want to put you on the spot, but. I, I would expect that, you know, with Sharpies, the bleed through would be greater, um, but it could potentially happen to a lighter amount with regular ballpoint pens as well. Okay. So there was a, uh, in fact, it was dubbed by some of the media Sharpie gate um, at the very beginning. And there were uh, the, Maricopa elections people came back and said, um, no, if there was any bleed through, it would not have affected other votes because it's not lined up. Are you saying that's true or not true? Uh, we would need more analysis and our final report will be able to tell you more, more clearly whether this impacted things or not. Um, but definitely if there, if there was an offset that was in the right direction, the right way, and there was bleed through, it could definitely impact the, the ballot. Okay, one more question. I'm going back to this one on this phase right here. Um, the pictures you had, what would cause that X or that mark to be out of that far of alignment? What causes that? So if the printer is not properly calibrated, when it prints the second, the second side of the page, it's actually offset. So it's not perfectly aligned. Um, so it could be a number of different men's involved and probably printer calibration would be the key. So would this be printer calibration with the people that printed the ballots, the main ballots, and don't, aren't there printers like at the voting sites that they can print? Yeah. So it could be any of those print printers. So most of the the from Anderson, most of the the ballots that are printed at Runback that we confirm with Runback were pretty much spot on, um, but there's a lot of ballot on demands that are printed at the actual voting centers, um, and those had large offsets. 
Do we know how many ballots on demand there were or not? Is, is there any records? So it would be roughly 168,000, which would be the election day ballot, ballots. Um, so those were we ballots seeing, on demand? Yeah, you know, we are seeing more than that where this offset occurred. And so we're trying to drill into what printers and where and what that's tied to. Okay, thank you. Okay, continue. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I think it was everything. Okay. Dang, guys. Did you guys catch that? Did you all catch that? So the printers, uh, the ballots that were off calibration, like the ones that were mismatched compared to what the scanner was reading, there were 168,000. Now, the 168,000 ballots that did not align with the scanner for reading properly, ballots on demand. She asked, "Do you where was these ballots on demand? They were printing ballots on site on election day at the precincts for people coming in. Ballots on demand. As they came in, if they didn't have, they were printing it for them. 168,000 ballots on demand that did not line with the calibration correctly, guys. Joe Biden won by one by 10,000 votes. Now, I also caught another question in the chat real quick. Just be asked about the canvassing. She said, canvassing, weren't they already doing the canvassing? Okay, no, they actually stopped the, 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 the canvassing was part of the plan at the head of this entire forensic audit, but they stopped that. They cut that out because they were getting so much pushback. If you guys remember uh, when the DOJ, Biden's DOJ tried to get involved, it didn't start with A.G. Garland. You know, when A.G. Garland was like, you have to stop doing this. You're violating uh, uh, human rights by doing this and voters' rights by doing this. If you guys remember, Deputy uh, Principal Deputy Attorney Pamela Carlin was the first person from the, the DOJ, from the Department of Justice, that tried to get involved. And that was back at the beginning of May. Okay, so when that happened, they cut out the canvassing part. They're like, because they're like, you can't go canvassing people. That's voter intimidation, even though they're not voting. This is, I mean, it's how can you intimidate a voter when they're not even voting, right? So, but that's what this, uh, this, this deputy attorney general, uh, Pamela Carlin, tried to say. And if you guys remember, uh, Pilf went ahead and wrote to Karen Fan and said, "Don't worry about it, girl. Don't worry about it. We're not. You're not in trouble. Everything is still couth. This woman has a history of of o overreaching and bending the law to get her way." So that was what was going on. So they haven't even done canvassing because they cut that out of their plan when they got so much pushback. The Democrats, the liberals, the lawyers were saying, you can't canvass voters. That's voter intimidation. And then they had this Pamela Carlin get involved from the DOJ. And uh, they, it was just it was done after that. So that's why they haven't done canvassing. But, you know, they're talking about possibly doing it here again uh, moving forward. I don't think that they're going to need to. Sorry, guys, my eyes itching. I don't think that they're going to need to do any type of canvassing because they just laid the smack down in Arizona. And this is the people. We had this information back in December. But you know what? This is the people's work. This is the people's work. This is us standing up. This is what it looks like when we get involved and we take it before judiciary and we say, look, you're going to have to move forward with this information because we're not done with you yet. Okay. Uh, the next clip we're going to play for you guys has to do with uh, the breach of computer systems during the 2020 election because it happened 
So let's go ahead and see what they got to say about that. Why do you need to look at the um, routers and the router data and the spore logs that they have, that they originally told us they were going to give us, and now they have, you know, they, they're not going to provide that, or they're saying they won't provide that. What's the significance? Why do we need to look at that? Well, it's critically important to, to uh, substantiate some findings that we are seeing um, through the uh, keyword searching and the processes I've already mentioned. Um, there are a number of things that we know as a matter of fact have occurred that we need to further take that information and validate that information. So, for example, we know uh, through public record, public statements, um, that uh, an element of the election system was actually compromised or breached during the course of the November 2020 election. Um, it is a matter of public statement by Maricopa County as well as um, legal action and law enforcement action um, surrounding that particular incident. Um, the, the registration server that was public facing um, did have unauthorized access to that in, in, in uh, cybersecurity terms, it was breached. We, we know that uh, the county has accepted that as an unauthorized breach because they actually issued a letter to a small subset of the voters who were affected by that breach. And they issued that in January of 2021. In that letter, they did acknowledge that there was unauthorized access in November uh, to, that, to that server. Okay, so that's, that's one item. Um, the second item is it has become readily apparent in the course of our analysis that there are severe cybersecurity problems with the way the election management system and network was maintained. For example, yeah, if you, yeah, for example um, if you walk into an average home computer, you will find that the antivirus definitions that protect that system from malware have been updated within the last week. You will find that there have been system security patches uh, sent by Microsoft or by Apple Typically within the last week, Microsoft does it weekly. Um, and you would find that that system is patched and the antivirus definitions are up to date. Sadly, that is not the case for any of the endpoints that we have looked at inside of the Maricopa County uh, election management system. Okay, The last time that the antivirus was updated on these systems was the date that the Dominion software was installed on the systems. That happens to be August of 2019. Okay. There have been no operating system updates or patches on this system since that same date. What that creates is a, a tremendous vulnerability to anyone who could get access through a system such as if, for example, the, uh, uh, the registration server uh, was serving as a jump box. In other words, it was dual 
uh, network so that it was public facing and also private facing into the election system. If someone accessed that system, they would have um, no difficulty at all um, effectively penetrating and gaining uh, system level access uh, at the current patch state and um, antivirus state of these systems. So, uh, Madam President, Mr. Cotton, um, if if they could have act, if they were able to get access, how long would it take somebody to to um, hack in or whatever to that if they're the vulnerabilities that exist on these systems would take an average script kitty less than ten minutes to get access to these systems. Okay, so this is high vulnerability situations. Correct. So we need to get the routers. It's clear we need to get the routers. We need even if it's just a report, they can scan it, they can look at it, they can do whatever they need to do to make it safe. Um, we just need to see the traffic during this election or during this period that you're looking for. Now they've brought up security concerns. Are these are these do you believe these are valid concerns that they brought up um, from sharing their the router traffic or router reports with us? Anything from the router? Are these valid security concerns from your from your point of view? They're not. And let me let me explain why. So when you think about a router, um, think about someone delivering the mail to your mailbox, okay? Um, that router is simply the mail carrier, okay? On a standard envelope that you might mail to your mother, you're going to put your return address, you're going to put the address that it's going to, and then you put that in the mailbox. The mail carrier looks at that, it knows where to, they know where to route that, and they will simply route that letter so it's delivered in the mailbox of your mother. With a router, it's very similar. For each packet of data that you have, you have a, an address to where it's going to, you have an address of where it came from so that any response can come right back to that system. But what you don't have is the actual content or the letter that's contained in the envelope within the, within the router itself. Okay, okay. so just to that all right so there you go ladies and gentlemen there's some uh, more um information about the router systems I, I know you guys already know about it but you know for anyone watching over in twitch that's not too sure okay and here's our last clip that we'll uh we'll lay down for you guys before we move on to other news this is where karen fan calls out katie hobbs because apparently katie hobbs don't know schmack about any of her election uh, hardware and machines. I mean, Katie, come on, girl. How can you expect to run the state of Arizona as a governor when you don't even know how your own election equipment works? Come on, Katie Hobbs. Really? Okay, here we go, guys. Mr. Cotton, um, recently in the news, I don't know if you have heard or not, but um, our Secretary of State, Katie Hobbs, made a statement a few weeks ago that she would not allow these machines to be used again because she could not verify um, that we had not, you, not us, you had tampered with them. Um, I, I, I don't understand that statement because it is uh, my understanding 
that when election machines, no matter whose machines they are, that election machines are supposed to be calibrated and certified before any election goes on to make sure that those machines are haven't been tampered with, that they are calibrated correctly, and I believe they do that also after an election. So I'm, I have this question I don't understand. How can the Secretary of State say that she can't certify the machines weren't tampered with when supposedly we have people that certified people that come in to certify machines aren't tampered with. It doesn't make sense. Could you explain that to me, please? Madam President, I certainly understand your confusion and I share that with you. Uh, I'd like to also reiterate that as part of our evidence handling procedure, we had cameras watching over our evidence uh, storage facilities and our um, acquisition and replication procedures 24-7. Okay, so any form of tampering certainly would have been caught on video. Um, however, we did not do anything of the sort that would have interfered with any of the machine configurations or, or any of the uh, allegated uh, tampering that, that uh, the Secretary of State has, has uh, alleged. Um, well, Madam President, if I may, just... Uh, um, this is more of just, a, I think, a comment or a statement along with your concern here. And I think this could be something we need to look at legislatively. Um, if we have a process, and, it, and from what I've heard, it's about $8,000. You know, the county did an audit for $8,000 or $20,000, whatever it was, to certify and make sure the machines were not tampered with. And this is also part of a process before an election. If that process doesn't work, <laughs> then, uh, and we're saying that is not valid because somebody doing an audit ruins that and you can't recertify it. It sounds like that we need to, we need to have something else. There needs to be another process <laughs> and it works <laughs> that you truly, maybe it's the truly certification uh, and verification that machines have not been tampered with process. I don't know what it's called, but anyways, um, I, I share your concern. I think that's a good um, bullet point for us to be looking at for future future legislation. All right, there you have it, guys, laying that smack down. And I'm good. I'm pretty sure you guys are good, too, when it comes to uh, the Senate hearing that just took place in Arizona today. Now, you might be wondering, what is Wendy Rogers doing on my telescreen? Well, Wendy Rogers, in fact, she's already saying the same thing that you and I are saying, ladies and gentlemen. My friends, Wendy Rogers is on the same page as the American people. Wendy Rogers is saying, just decertify it. Just decertify it. Okay, so well, she took to Twitter today to issue a statement calling for the Biden electors to be recalled. She's like, we're done. We don't even need to, we don't even need the routers. We don't even need any of the information. We're done. Just recall the electors, decertify. Let's get this done. She said, I have heard enough with the tens of thousands of ballots mailed without being requested. The over 10,000 people who voted after registering after November 3rd. The failure of Maricopa County to turn over the 40% machines 
the passwords that Dominion still refuses to turn over, and tens of thousands of unauthorized queries demonstrating how insecure the election was, I call for the Biden electors to be recalled to Arizona and a new election must be conducted. Arizona's electors must not be awarded fraudulently, and we need to get this right. Amen, Wendy Rogers. We are right there with you. We're standing behind you 100% of the way, girl. We're standing behind you 100% of the way. God, ladies and gentlemen, bless God. Thank you. Like, this is what we're calling for. May Georgia not even go through forensic audit. May they just decertify God. Amen. Bless you, God. Everything. Just let it happen. Let it be. Let it be. Let it be. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that's our recap for today's Senate hearing. You might not have to sit <laughs> sat through two and a half hours of a hearing, but you had one hour of a recap. I hope that suits you guys. If you have any questions, then go watch the hearing. <laughs> Because we're done here. But that was great, guys. That's, I mean, I was not expecting this today. I was hanging out with my mama. Anyway, <laughs> thank goodness there was so much live coverage um, today of this hearing. But that's how we roll at the C Report. We're at least top three. Anyways, let's get to Texas, ladies and gentlemen. We've got some more news to cover here. Let's get to Texas. Okay, so all of you guys, I'm sure, are interested in what's going on with Texas. We have these fugitive Democrats who have ran away to uh, Washington, D.C., thinking that's going to save their tookus from uh, having to legislate. I mean, they just, they're just broken quorum. They just don't care about their taxpayers. They don't care about their constituents. They don't care about any of that. They're just being selfish because they want to like, what? Why do you think they'd be doing that? Because they want to be, they want to go down in history as uh, civil, civil, uh, civil rights warriors. They want to go down in history as social justice warriors. What the heck are these people thinking that legislate in Texas under the crown of Democrat? What are they thinking? Like, why do they think that they can get away with this? Why do they think that they're doing some kind of civil rights movement? When they're elected to make this position happen, they're elected to follow Texas legislature, the Constitution. What they're doing here to me is they're breaking all of Texas laws. They're disrespecting the Texas Constitution, and they are damn right disrespecting their constituents. They are silencing the voice of Texans. They are silencing the voice of their constituents. They have no disregard. They are gods in their own heads thinking that they can get away with this. Like, you know, dude, there's one thing if you're standing up for civil rights, but if you're an elected official and you go against your own constituents, you go against your own people, you're not an SJW. You're not a civil rights movement activist. You are someone who has no respect for your own people. You have no regard, period, point blank. That's the way it goes. And let's see what's happening. So as it turns out, the Rhino Speaker Dade Fillon, he has made a move for them to return to Texas because as it as it went down, as it went down, uh, the uh, legislature uh, through Governor Abbott, of course, they decided that they are now fugitives. The Dems in Washington D.C. from Texas are fugitives by Texas law. So say it signed and today on this day. It was actually yesterday. 
They're fugitives. They need to return. Okay, so let's see what uh, Speaker Dade Fallon had to say. This is a statement from Dade Fallon. Now, we don't say Dade Fallon. I say Fallon. They pronounce it Filan, but you know, he's got a big forehead, so who cares? Okay, so uh, this is what he had to say. He says, let me take this banner off for you. He says, uh, um, he says, Texas Democrats currently in Washington continue to collect their legislative per diem of $221. They're making $221 per day during regular and special sessions, which equates to hundreds of thousands of dollars during the course of this special session. While these Texas Democrats collect taxpayer money as they ride on private jets to meet with the Washington elite, those who remain in the chamber await their return to begin work on providing our retired teachers a 13th check, protecting our foster kids, and providing taxpayer relief. Those who are intentionally denying quorum should ret return their per diem to the state treasury immediately upon receipt. So what is, what is Speaker Fallon talking about here? Basically, Speaker Fallon is saying, look, we're paying you to do a job that you're not doing, so you might as well return it to the people who are paying for you to go ahead and gallivant around in Washington, D.C. with what the hell Harris and whoever else is out there, you know, uh, with their nose up their butts, basically, right? So, but, but here we have a really, I mean, I hope Texans across the board are paying attention to this because they went through X, Y, and Z amount of different legislative items before these guys decided to fly the coup. But now it appears that Democrats, they don't care about foster children. They don't care about making sure that criminals get out with a cheaper bail. They're like, we don't care. If you're a criminal, we don't care if you get out with a cheaper bail. We don't care. You can get out with a low bail. We're going to go over to Washington, D.C. They don't care if the teachers who work so hard to educate our students here in the state of Texas, they don't care if they get extra relief. Because let's face it, we're talking about retired teachers. We're talking about teachers who were teachers when they could teach. We're talking about teachers who were there in place before this, uh, this, 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 uh, everyone left behind stuff. And, and what is this, 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 uh, this math that is stupid. And you guys know what I'm talking about before these state ran mandate tests. We're talking about teachers who used to teach. Apparently the Democrats don't care about them either. The ones who instilled values in people like me here in the state of Texas. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I just went there. Let's talk a little bit about these retired teachers who are going to suffer because these Democrats decide to take a holiday and not, uh, not uh, adhere to their responsibilities as elected officials. Now, as we know, these uh, Democrats ran off to Washington, D.C. to hide under the butt cheek of what the hell Harris. And uh, the uh, Senate passed a 22 to 0 vote that would provide a one time additional annuity payment to teachers and lawmakers in Texas, a 13th check. They said, you know what? There's 12 months in a year, but we're going to give you one additional check because you guys are awesome. But no, 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 no. These Democrats who ran off to hide under what the hell Harris's butt cheek don't care. They don't care about law enforcement. They don't care about the work that these teachers have done to our students here in the great state of Texas. On Friday, committees in both the House and Senate speedily passed along bills providing up to $2,400 to teacher retirees no later than January 2022. So they would be receiving an extra check somewhere in the mail. 
But these Democrats decided they don't care. They don't care about you teachers and how much work you've done. They don't care about your livelihood. We're still getting our $221 per diem per day. They're getting $221 per day. I wish I made that much, but it's okay. It's okay. I don't count my gold pills before they hatch. And you know what? That's that's just blatant disrespect for their own constituents, ladies and gentlemen. And you know that these retired teachers voted Democrat. You know everyone in the school system is always Democrat, like they always vote Democrat, and yet here they see their own people turning their back on them and deciding that they're not worth the money and the work that they put into their own hard blood worked in tears. They're going to run away to Washington, Washington, D.C. and hide under the butt cheek of what the hell Harris. Okay, so also we see with strong bipartisan support, the legislator looked poised to spend $700 million from the state's general fund for extra checks that would be sent out to law enforcers and also teachers. $700 million. That's what they had in plan for you teachers retired here in the state of Texas. But your Democrat people, the people you voted for, teachers, you know the teachers voted for Democrats. Your own people stabbed you in the back because they had to go and be showboats. They had to go and be like, ooh, look at me. I'm standing up for uh, voter rights suppression stuff. But, you know, that's not exactly what was happening because we people here in Texas are a little bit more smart than that. We know that that is not what is going on. But it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You voted for these Democrats, teachers. Look at what they're going to go and do to you. Okay. Uh, uh, That's a little bit hard left conservatism for you the hard left conserve whenever they don't want to pass something that they think is a good social justice issue yeah what the hell harris uh, what did, what do what the hell harris have to say anyways what the hell harris hosted these democrats she hosted them. They had a meeting. I think it was today. They're pictures, but I didn't care to share them with you. She says, this is what what the hell Harris says from, from above her buck cheek. What the hell Harris says, you all know I've been traveling. And as most recently as yesterday, when I was in Detroit and heard of your courageous stand, I talked about exactly what I believe about the courage and the commitment and the patriotism that you all have evidenced by your actions in addition to your work and your words. The vice president select also said, I know what you have done comes with great sacrifice. Oh, it's a great sacrifice indeed. What the hell, Harris, both personal and political. Harris went on to liken the walkout of this uh, of the walkout of these Democrats to the civil rights movement, such as the Voting Rights Act of 1965. This is how disillusioned these people are, ladies and gentlemen. Now. For your enjoyment. Oh, wait, what's this? Oh, this is another. This is <laughs> this is what Dave Thelon also had to say. Now, this is this is the resolution here, ladies and gentlemen, from Speaker Dade Thelon. I don't like the man. He's a rhino. But this is what he had to say. In an effort to further compel House Democrats to return to the state of Texas, I am chartering a plane that will be on standby in Washington, D.C. on Saturday. 
I am demanding all of our colleagues in DC to contact my staff immediately in order to secure their seat on the plane and return to Austin in order to do the state's business. The state of Texas is waiting. The eyes of Texas are upon you, Democrats, because we're watching you guys right now. Let me tell you what, you guys know where that's from. Okay, that's the that's the you know, eyes of Texas. Okay, let's hear how our Attorney General, Ken Paxton, breaks it down for you guys. Uh, this is a pretty good video here we have. Let me see if I can get this to expand. Expand. Oh, my goodness. It's not expanding. Okay. Let me uh, let me see if I can't get this worked out for you guys here real quick. Oh, it's probably because we're on. Yeah, look at these selfies that they took all to avoid a vote on... We have a clip here. It expanded earlier. Let me let me refresh it. It's a clip from uh, Ken Paxton, uh, Attorney General of Texas, on uh, Maria Bartiromo's show. No, thank you. Let's get this big and going. If you're trying to, of course, there's always a commercial on these things. Skip ad. Okay, it doesn't want to expand, so we're going to blow it up. We have ways around these things here at the Sea Report. Okay. And hailed as All right, guys, here's a video. Uh, Ken Paxton, uh, Maria DeBartolomo. Bold, courageous action. Um, in line with the legacy of everyone from Frederick Douglass, women who marched down Pennsylvania Avenue for women's right to vote. To all of those folks who make sure that we would in 1965 pass the Voting Rights Act. We stand here uh, with these uh, people of courage, uh, with uh, freedom fighters uh, who came to Washington, D.C. Uh, to seek salvation. Do you know any of any examples from his 36 years in the Senate that Joe Biden just hopped on a train and left town to avoid a vote that he knew he was going to lose? I think that the president's view is that um, these Texas legislators uh, were making a statement uh, through action. The vice president uh, met with these legislators yesterday, uh, and the vice president and the president, I should say, certainly applauds uh, their actions and their outspoken uh, opposition to states uh, to efforts to put in place restrictive measures in their state. Now, circle back, circle back. They are just uh, blowing off their work. The Texas Democrats who refuse to go home are making the rounds in Washington again today. The group will meet with Senator Joe Manchin on ending the filibuster so the Democrats can pass bills with little or no Republican support. Joining me right now is Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton. A.G. Paxton, it's always great to see you. Thanks very much for being here. This is pretty extraordinary. The Journal this morning in an op-ed writes, Texas Democrats suppress the vote. Uh, pretty much uh, exiting, uh, denying the House a quorum to conduct business and, and temporarily block the passage of this election voting bill. Your reaction? That's absolutely happening. The very thing they're complaining about, supposedly suppressing the vote, they are actually stopping the vote of 181 legislators, the mere 50 running away from their responsibility. And they're actually preventing other elected representatives from doing their job. So if anyone's suppressing the vote, it's these Democrats that have left the state and refused to do their job. 
So, so let's go through, uh, if you will, for our audience, the main points of this election voting legislation in Texas, Ken, because, you know, it just seems that the Democrats are just saying what they want. And then, you know, the media is just saying, well, that's what it is because the Democrats said that. I mean, they're saying that the Republicans are trying to suppress voting. Tell us the most important points of this legislation. So there, there's actually a House version, Senate version. There's a different, uh, they're still debating actually what's going to happen. But most of the provisions relate to preventing fraud as it relates to mail-in ballots and what actually happens on election day. There are usually reasonable restrictions that, that, that try to prevent people from coming in without a photo ID or voting by mail and, and then not having any proof of who they are. So it's really just really kind of broad ideas that we're trying to stop from happening in the state of Texas. You've seen it in other states as well. Yeah, I, I mean, look, this is all about H.R. 1, isn't it? Nancy Pelosi's uh, bill to actually make mail-in balloting the standard and to eliminate any opportunity for an ID to vote. I mean, at the end of the day, this is what the Democrats want on the federal level, and this is enabling that. T tell me about that and, and, and why it is that 14 states have come up with new voting laws. I mean, there's no coincidence that 14 states are trying to clean up what they saw as irregular situations in the 2020 election. Well, there's no doubt that H.R. 1 may be the worst piece of legislation I've ever seen. The, the goal here is to take over state elections and stop us from preventing voter fraud, stop us from having photo ID requirements, stop us from st stopping voter harvesting, which is people going out and getting ballots for other people. And then also all of our restrictions on, on mail-in ballots that try to make sure that the right people are voting. All of that would be changed by federal law, which obviously is an attempt to stop us from preventing the fraud that we saw in the election. And, and it is no coincidence that states saw what happened in November, and they're just trying to fix what they saw as, as a problem. I don't see why the Democrats would be opposed to people proving who they are when they vote. Yeah, it's, it's pretty extraordinary. You need to vote for every, you need a, an ID for mostly everything. Uh, where is this going, AJ? So it's interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, the Democrats can stay away apparently as long as they want, but I know the governor's already said he'll keep calling back. We had this happen when I was in the House in 2003. Governor Perry called us back until October, and it took that long to get all the Democrats back. I hope they'll come back and get their job done so we can move on and make sure that our elections are fair and that they're protected. But, you know, they can stay away for a long time, but eventually they'll either lose their position or they'll have to vote on this. So they're just delaying the inevitable. Well, Governor, the governor said he would he, he's going to arrest people when they come back. Is he really going to arrest them? Well, the way it works, when they show up, yes, they can be arrested by our state police and brought not to jail. They'll come to, they'll be brought to the Capitol where they'll uh, be forced to stay on the floor of the House and, and vote when bills come up. They won't be, they won't be allowed to leave once they're back in the state. Unbelievable. What, what, a, what a gimmick. All right, real quick before we go, AG, uh, we talked at the border a couple of months ago when you were uh, kind enough to uh, take us around in that boat uh, along the uh, river uh, Rio Grande. I just want to get your take on the 90,000 overdoses that we saw. These overdoses, 60% of them are due to fentanyl. Fentanyl is coming over the border. Isn't that right? Well, you were there, you saw it. I mean, these Border Patrol agents are doing their best, but they're being pushed towards logistics of dealing with 
all the people now they're having to take care of as opposed to deporting these people. So now you have open borders, you have an, the ability for the cartels to more easily transport drugs because the border agents aren't able to focus on this. So we are going to have more overdoses. We are going to have more uh, drug trafficking. And we're going to have more sex trafficking in the United States, not just on the border, on the border. Yeah, it's wide open borders is the is the uh, the issue here. And uh, the fentanyl is coming through the border. And of course, the underlying chemicals of that fentanyl being made in China. So it's the criminal cartels in China and Mexico. Uh, as, a, as a result, we're seeing more than 90,000 deaths from overdose. Very, very sad situation. A.G. Ken Paxson, good to see you this morning. Thank you, sir. All right. So there you go. So that's Ken Paxson kind of spelling out to you guys as per the letter of the law exactly where they can go forward with this. Yes, they can arrest them. Now, they have already, like uh, Speaker Dave Fallon had put out, they have a charter plane. Let us know when you're coming back. This is the last time that we will be able, well, they're giving them an opportunity, I think, not to take the walk of shame by having those cuffs on them, you know, that the, the taking the walk or whatever they say it is. So I think that's what's going on there in that regard. Um, however, um, and I saw Sly Park 2020 had put in the chat you're fired is a thing. And this is very true because I think that that's the other consequence that these Dems will have to face if they choose to go ahead and take their 30-day vacation in Washington, D.C. on taxpayer money. And we're already seeing that. We're already seeing that because guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, the Texas legislature decided to go ahead and make an example out of the, out of the uh, House Minority Speaker over there in the Texas legislature. Now, this dude, this dude, his name is Joe Moody. Now, Mr. Joe Moody, he is the um, House Minority Speaker. And guess what? Joe Moody decided to take a trip over to Washington, D.C. with his other 56 uh, Democrat friends, and he has been removed, fired from his position as a speaker. So the ability for them to actually remove these people, to fire them, it's 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 in the cards, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they did. Now, Speaker Dave Bellon announced that Joe Moody from El Paso. I don't know about these people from El Paso. And dang it, guys, it, this just reminded me I had a headline I did not get to share that was showing that that idiot Beto O'Rourke, otherwise known as what was his name? Robert Francis O'Rourke funded their trip to D.C. Ah, I got to get that. OK, maybe we'll share that with you guys on the next episode of Lone Star News, because don't forget, this is Texas news. This is Lone Star news. This is Mr. C in the Texans territory, but this story could not wait. Anyways, okay, so maybe maybe I'll share that with you guys on our next episode of Lone Star News. It could be coming to you guys sooner than you think, but they went ahead and they removed this guy, Joe Moody, from his speakership. He was speaker pro tempore as minority of the Democrat legislature that here in, in Texas. Now, the move comes after Moody, of course, and his uh, 50, 56 uh, associates went ahead and ran off. But uh, um, Filon, the speaker, again, I'm not a fan of Dave Filon. By no means. He's a rhino like any other, like the lieutenant governor is a rhino, like uh, like uh, possible. Well, uh, we're, we're looking at Abbott right now, ladies and gentlemen. We got to clean out the Texas state legislature. But speak for Lon, 
He's a rhino. Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick, he's a rhino. They got to go. But again, this is, you know, they they, they got to show good face. And I'm glad that they're doing their job, at least while they're doing, before we get rid of them. But Villon, he did not rele uh, release a statement immediately, but cited House Rule 1, Section 10, um, where the rule reads, the Speaker shall have the right to name any member to perform the duties of the chair related to the presiding, uh, to presiding over the deliberation of the House and may name a member to serve serve a speaker pro tempore by delivering a written order to the chief clerk and a copy to the, pardon me, to the journal clerk. So they went ahead and they fired this guy. So they have to replace him now, of course, but he wanted to go off on his little La La Land adventure there in Washington, D.C., and uh, that's kind of what you get. So I think they were probably, they're holding this guy, I think, as a uh, an example and uh, as evidence that they will move forward if they decide to go ahead. And of course, Governor Abbott already said that he will declare special session after special session after special session if need be. But, you know, they're going to do what they can in the meantime. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's hop over to the state of Georgia. We're already running pretty late here on the Sea Report for tonight. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Okay, so what's going on in Georgia? I got two pieces of information from you guys out of Georgia today. Now, apparently in Georgia, the Republicans have expanded their margin of victory. The Republicans are taking back the House, even though, you know, of course, obviously they were totally, they're totally overwritten, overshod and uh, screwed out of what was going on during the 2020 election. But they did recently win two state House seats back in the state of Georgia. So that's some good news, right? Two Republicans by the name of Lisa Hagan and Devon Sebow um, were declared winners of special elections yesterday night uh, there in the state of Georgia. Now, Hagan, who was um, who's from Toombs County. Uh, she's actually the, she was actually the Toombs County Republican Party chairwoman, won her special election for House District 156 with 52% of the vote, according to Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. Do we already care what Brad Raffensperger has to say? No, not really, but he's the one who declared it. Hagan will replace Republican Greg Morse, who resigned after fellow legislators elected him to the State Transportation Board. Morris garnered 100% of the vote in 2020, and he ran unopposed. Now, Sebow, the other winner of a special election, won House District 34, which includes sections of Cobb County. Now, don't forget, Cobb County is currently under fire for federal um, for voter election fraud. He won his election with 63% of the vote, expanding the margin of victory from 4% to, to 26%. Sebow will replace Republican Burt Reeve, who had resigned to work for Georgia Tech. So apparently, Republicans replacing Republicans. Democrats didn't get in. Um, Tuesday's uh, vote uh, win widened the margin of victory for Republicans coming after the party suffered multiple defeats during the 2020 special election with the state voting for Democrat president. Of course, this was all a fraud, as will soon come out to be in the state of Georgia. Joe Pito Joe Biden and uh, also uh, replacing the senators Kelly Loeffler and uh, David Perdue. What do we got next in the state of Georgia? This rat here, Rat Raffensberger. Let's talk about Brad Ratfinsberger. Okay, this uh, something's burger, nothing's burger, fraud burger. Okay, so now that all of this fraud is coming out for poor Secretary of Snake, Brad Raffensperger, he's like, oh, shnikes, uh, I've been caught with my pants down. I've been caught with my dong in my hand. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? He's trying, you know, he's trying to weasel his way out of this. 
you know, he's trying to like kind of like finagle. He's he's basically like that guy that guy he's basically like some guy named percy right anyways <laughs> i don't know he's like he's he's such a weasel he he looks like a weasel if he were to have been an animal in a previous life he would have been a weasel look at him like he's a weasel he's a rat he's a rat finsberger like he's like oh i'm gonna wash my hands of all of my duties and then on the other side of everything that's going on i'm gonna pretend that uh they're the ones who messed up and not me I am not the one who certifies the vote in my state. It has nothing to do with me. I just sign off on the tickets. Everyone else, I depend on them to do their job. I don't even have to look in. Even though the president of the United States called me on election night and said, look, Brad, we've got all of this discrepancy. Look, Brad, we have people on video double stuffing votes. Look, Brad, there was no water break at the uh, State Farm Arena. Look, Brad, he's still saying that uh, he played it on the up and up. He's still saying he certified a good election. And it was all of these shenanigans that happened underneath them that don't count for anything. Brad Raffensperger, you're a rat, you're a weasel, and you deserve to get fired. And you deserve to be in handcuffs, my friend, because you certified a faulty election that you knew was not toward. And you knew that there was fraud involved in this election. And yet you still certified it. You and your secretary of state. Oh, wait, you are the secretary of state. You and your governor need to go to jail. Now, here's what Brad Raffensperger is saying to date. Brad Raffensperger, he keeps saying that the county, now he's calling for people to be fired. Not him. No, don't fire him. He's running for re-election. Don't fire Rad, Brad Raffensperger. Fire, fire this person. Fire Fire, uh, fire Ralph Jones, right? He's the voter registration chief. Fire Richard Barron, who is the elections director. Don't fire Brad Raffensperger. Fire these guys because they're the ones who messed up, not Brad. Brad is like, oh, well, you know, I was just sitting here with my thumb up my butt and a blindfold on my eye. I didn't have any duty to make sure that everything was going on, even though the president of the United States called me and informed me of this fraud. And he even said in his phone call, no, Mr. President, you have bad information. No, Mr. President, your data is wrong. I'm right. I'm Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state here in the state of Georgia, and uh, everything is going on the up and up. Yeah, Brad Raffensperger, it's a little bit too late for you now. Brad Raffensperger says, every time we think we've reached the peak of Fulton's election mismanagement issues, more comes to light. Yeah, don't say Brad Raffensperger, because after all, your lawyer had someone there on the ground that was reporting to you and him almost immediately, almost in real time. And yet you're saying now mismanagement is coming up to light, Brad Raffensperger. Here's what else Brad Raffensperger has to say. Brad Raffensperger says, I've been calling for change in Fulton County since day one. Oh, are you really calling since day one, Brad Raffensperger? Because since 2019, you could have cleared out those voter rolls, Brad Raffensperger, but you decided to clear out the voter rolls what, after the election? Oh yeah, since day one. We really believe you there, Brad Raffensperger, because you had over a year to make it happen, and then you guys pushed back your elections almost until election day so that you couldn't clear out your voter rolls within 90 days of it happening. That's a, a Georgia state law, and yet you couldn't make it happen back in 2019, and yet now, in May or June, uh, July of 2021, then you do it? All right, Brad Raffensperger, we really see you. We really see that you were trying since day one, right? Yeah, we can really see that. 
this is what else Brad Raffensperger has to say. Maintaining public confidence in our elections begins in Fulton County. Now with SB202, the state election board has the authority to make that happen. If Fulton County doesn't take action to clean their own house, then I reiterate my call to the state board election should use their new authority to clean it for them. Oh, yeah, Brad Raffensperger, you're trying to bury the body after the murder. You're trying to bury the body after everyone done seeing you commit the crime. It's not going to work, my friend. You, my friend, are a total weasel. You have no backbone. At least if you're going to commit the crime, you can commit to doing the time. You should have some backbone, my friend, because you knew exactly what was going on. They are reporting it to you almost in real time. And now after the fact, do you want to go out and Percy your way out of it? No, all of us see you for who you are, Brad Raffensperger. And you just need to just, you know, just put your hands up, go ahead and let them put them in shackles and just do the walk. Because after all, you certified an illegitimate, fraudulent election. You knew it. You were called on it from day one. And prior to that, you had all of the information, just like Garland Favorito said, all of this is public data. All of this is public knowledge. Brad Raffensperger had all of those absentee ballots from day one. He took 60 days to even look at them. And now that it's all coming back to bite you in the butt, you're going to throw all of your henchmen under the bus. You're going to throw everyone that worked for you and helped you certify this fraudulent election under the bus. What a weasel. How do you even think that you're going to be reelected as Secretary of Snakes in Georgia? I doubt it. It's not going to happen. And we're done with you. In fact, you need to go, Brad Raffensperger. You need to go. All right. We're done with him. Let's talk about this man. <laughs> This man here, this is our last story for tonight, guys, and we're done. Thank you guys for hanging out. I appreciate it. This is our last story. Uh, this is the Ohio governor. His name is what? What is your name, Ohio governor? Uh, uh, Mike DeWine. Okay, so, you know, things are not usually so towards in the state of Ohio. I mean, after all, we have President Trump endorsing another representative in the state of Ohio to get rid of another bad person, whether they're a rhino or whatever. You got to clean out Ohio, right? Oh, uh, President Trump went to Ohio for a reason to begin his rallies. Now, this Governor Mike DeWine, he's done something good. He's done something good for the state of Ohio. He has mandated that COVID-19 masks shall no, oh, wait, wait, COVID-19 vaccines. I take it back. He's mandated that schools cannot ban children. He's banned it. He's like, if you're a school, you cannot require people to be vaccinated here. So according to this article from the Epoch Times, it says the vaccines, he says, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine signed legislation into law that on July 14th, preventing schools and universities from requiring people to receive a COVID-19 vaccine that hasn't been fully approved by the Food and Drug Administration. It's a House Bill 244, takes effect in 90 days, and, uh, and basically it's just saying a, a public school, a university, a college cannot force people to attend. In other words, if you don't have a vaccine, you can't mandate it. You can't deny them access to the schooling. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. The only thing that's bad about this is it takes place in 90 days, which means in October, <laughs> after school's already started. I mean, it's kind of like without teeth. This is one of those without teeth bills. It's like, we're going to force schools to not mandate vaccines, but we're going to do it after admissions. <laughs> So, I mean, Bali for people coming into the spring session, but otherwise you're kind of screwed until then. 
So Governor DeWine, we know you had a bunch of money relegated to your your vaccine uh, lotteries and your vaccine tuition gifts and stuff like that. Thank you for trying. Thank you for trying. At least someone's doing this. But, you know, maybe next time you should try this in like May or like June before school session starts. But we just I just had to share that with you guys. The man's trying. <laughs> he just wants to get reelected, I'm sure. He just wants to get reelected, I'm sure. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for hanging out with us on this edition of the Sea Report for this Thursday night. It was a fun-filled edition. I was drinking espresso. That's why I'm kind of still souped up. But um, it, it's been fun. Um, real quick, I just want to thank uh, DPatriot1776, Looking Up, Don S, Dragon Energy 45, Blue Blonde Blue Lady Q, Napkinator79, Freedom's Not Free, Connie Ketchup, Crisco13, uh, Blonde Blue Lady Q, Ohio Kimmy, Joy for Trump, Joy for Trump, Joy for Trump, Don S, Blonde Blue Lady Q, Skeeter Burke123, SKG Looking Up, and Dragon Energy 45 for the gold pill donations. I thank you so much. If there was anyone else that slipped in a gold pill donation in the last minute or so, or maybe 15 minutes. Uh, I apologize if I'm not thanking you, but again, thank you guys for all your efforts. I'm looking to expand the C report to several more platforms, including, including uh, um, uh, streaming to the bunker. Um, and you know, I'm I'm finding out a little bit of information at a time. And uh, apparently there are some extra costs associated with streaming to the bunker. But in addition to streaming to the bunker, I'm also looking to get on Rockfin. And that's going to cost a little bit more. So you guys donating gold pills definitely helps out. So this way we can kind of uh, cover those costs and recoup them and stuff like that. But that's not what it's about here at the Sea Report. I don't like asking you guys for money and donations. Uh, but if you should so decide to do so, th from my heart to yours, thank you so much for the support. If you like what I do, at least share it. Spread it around, you know, the interwebs, let your friends and family know about it, etc. I think that helps a lot in the end because, you know, it helps to spread the word and keep the sea report rolling. Uh, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yes, we will release the lotto. Thank you for the reminder, my friends. It should be released. There goes that lotto ticket. Happy scratching, everybody. <laughs> All right, guys, it's been a fun sea report. We should be back tomorrow. We might have a special edition. I'm just going to say heads up. We might have a special edition of the Sea Report tomorrow. I'm not going to tell you guys exactly what it is yet. Uh, but otherwise, uh, make sure you guys tune in. We'll be back 7.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, don't forget, we also have Lone Star News on Saturday now. Um, everything is in transition as far as extra shows go. We're looking to do a Mr. C in the Dark probably tomorrow night and Saturday night for sure. So if you guys want to tune in, we'll probably have a pretty great panel. Um, the Texan and the Speak and Easy, they've been joining me on the panels for the last couple of shows. If anyone else would like to join the panel, just get at me at the C Report at ProtonMail com and we'll get on in we can chat about whatever's on your mind we can chat about some headlines i like to keep it on headlines headlines kind of anchor us so this way if we get lost we get found again but if you guys want to join us on the c report if you got something to share get with me at the c report.com wait the c report at gmail.com uh, at pro the c report at protonmail.com or go to the cereport.com and there's um, there's a form there for contact, uh, you know, and we can get in touch with each other that way. Otherwise, guys, I will see you guys on the next episode of the C Report. I'm going to scratch my scratch off ticket right now. It should be yay. 
Okay. Scratching my scratch off. Okay, guys. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks for hanging out. Have a great night. Uh, enjoy your evening, and we will catch you guys on the flip side.